In just about two days, the moratorium on evictions will be over. And every single landlord in this country who has tenants who aren't paying is going to be filing for eviction and suing for back rent because now they can. See, a lot of people don't seem to understand how the economy works. They have this thing in their mind where they think, or this perspective, every landlord must own a million buildings. Every movie must be a Hollywood blockbuster. Every musician must be a celebrity rock star, not realizing that the overwhelming majority of this country is small businesses. Artists who don't make that much money, musicians who don't make that much money, small shops that do baking, baked goods or hardware stores, and landlords who own maybe one or two buildings. Maybe a landlord owns a three flat. They live on the top and they rent out the next two. Well, over the past year, people have been able to live for free. Some stories are kind of horrifying that even though people were getting unemployment checks, this, this beautiful COVID unemployment benefit equivalent to about $15, $16 an hour, they were like, why pay if I don't have to? And now what? They'll get evicted, but they'll keep all that money, right? There are a lot of people who probably couldn't pay their rent, and so they weren't able to. Well, now there is going to be like a switch being flicked. If nothing changes right now and the moratorium expires, we are going to see all of the eviction notices go out on the first, very likely. And then by the end of the month, you are going to see millions of people homeless unless the government intervenes which they might because Bill de Blasio was talking about buying up these buildings now that the property value collapsed. Add to this Bidenflation. Joe Biden's inflation crisis. That's right. Real hourly wages have decreased by 1.7% due to Biden's inflation. So I don't want to be overly pessimistic, man, but uh, I guess to everybody who voted for Donald Trump and said, do not vote for Biden. He'll tank the economy. He'll take away American energy independence. Gas prices will skyrocket. Y'all can say I told you so. I told you so like 57 times. So we'll talk about all that. We're hanging out with Jack Basobic. What's going on, man? What's going on, Tim? How are you? Bad. The AC broke. No. The AC broke, but we've got, <laughs> you know, we've got some some temporary units up. You know, it's it's pretty good. This this chair, though, is a little, I don't know. Do you guys get comfortable? New, do you guys get new chairs? Yeah, a little well, bit. Well, you know, there used to be these really, these chairs used to have these really bad supports on them, uh-huh. and we took them off. Uh, now there's no supports on there's them. There's nothing. Yeah, I usually lean forward anyway, but, you know, some you know, people, the guests will lean back, and they'll be like, oof. Yeah, I like to lean back. I like to lean back. Yeah, you need, you need you need something. So, something. so, so, I'm doing bad because the AC chair. broke. You're doing bad because you got no So it's a grumpy show. Lumbar support. It's a grumpy show today. Show. Man, it doesn't need to be, but uh, we're, we're doing the new build for the new studio. And my assumption about what's happening. Is that what that is downstairs? The heat? No, no. That one, it's like the room with the tools and the, yeah, the various yeah, 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 implements yeah. The of destruction. Studio. And so because they're redoing the, the the ceiling, we're hanging the table from the roof and a, a bunch of uh, other things that are going on down there. It's basically the drywall's been taken down. It's exposed a bit. I'm assuming that the AC is just pouring outside. It's just mm. just going straight outside. It's it's useless now because that room is exposed, which wasn't supposed to happen. It's supposed to be closed off, but I guess they didn't close it off. So now, like the entire second floor of this house is like 84 degrees, which means this room, which is the above third, the third floor, of the yeah, house, is it was 95 in here. Is that, how bad, so, is that how bad it was when it came in? Yeah, it was 95. Wow, because we and were then, just yeah. in we were in Phoenix earlier this week for the went out for the Trump speech with Turning Point and. You know, we thought it was going to be really bad, but then it ended up actually being monsoon season, I guess, right. when we went out. And uh, it was just, it was rainy and cloudy, and it was like, this it is perfect. Cold, right? It was like, it was actually kind of cold for people. Yeah. no humidity, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a desert. You know? So for us, I was like, this is nice. No, out here, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a tall building as it is, and plus it was 95 outside. So yeah. naturally, the, the higher parts of the house are going to get super hot. 
I came upstairs and I was like, man, it's 78 degrees downstairs. That's, that's, we have, we have a geothermal system, so it's usually super cool, mm-hmm. but it's all just spraying outside, I guess. Yeah. So, as as uh, you come up through the house, it's like there's a thermal layer that you cross right. and then you it's go crazy. above that. And then <laughs> reminds me of how in like, uh, in like submarine warfare, they talk about like the thermobaric layer a lot. Oh yeah. And then, uh, when we move the studio down, it's going down one floor and then over to the side. So, one of the reasons for it was it's really hard to keep the studio cold. You can probably hear the AC going, people who are listening. So we're like, we should move this down cause in, into a shadier, bigger room because this made no sense. I don't Tim, know I ain't making this. this drive without an AC. I need, this is in my rider. This was in my rider specifically. Yeah. We, did get, we, did, we did get you only the brown M&Ms though. We took out all the other ones, the bowls right there. Look, look, I'm saying is they taste differently. You, y'all say, that different M&Ms all taste the same. No, you're wrong. I'm here to you, tell you you're completely wrong. Do you know what that story was about? This, like, trope of the musicians who are like, I want M&Ms. But well, I know it was in, uh, was it Wings World 2? Is that what the joke That's was? That's what the, yeah, like, the joke is. But it's actually really brilliant. The, it actually uh, started because, I can't remember which band it was, maybe Bon Jovi or something. They had this big contract about doing shows. Mm-hmm. And I guess what happened, maybe it wasn't Bon Jovi, but this band was playing and there was, like, a stage collapse or something. So they put in the, because it was done wrong. He said, here's our contract, here's what were our requirements, here's the weight capacity, and they didn't do it right, and there was like a collapse. And so they would put in the middle of the contract in a random spot, there must be a bowl of M&Ms with all of like, you know, the brown M&Ms removed, and it must be sitting in our dressing room. And the idea was... To if see if they, they'd read the whole contract. Exactly. If they overlooked this and they didn't take care of the stupidest thing, we don't know what they didn't take care of, and we're not going to risk injury. That's actually very smart. It's very smart. Yeah, it's a cool story anyway. But let's talk about some uh, lots of craziness. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian is sick today. Mm. So uh, tune, uh, filling in for Ian is no one. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Ian's gone. Uh, go to Tim Kessler. Just give me a pair of glasses and the orb, and I'll I'll play Ian's part. Graphene. We should create a scene that's just an inverted, you sitting in the same spot, but we'll invert the, the, yeah. the image, and then you can put glasses on. And it'll be like, what say you, Ian? And then press the button, and then it just flips, and you're like, wow. And the orb Graphene. just kind of womp, 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 And piracy isn't theft. Oh, I Once got you, Once we convert the economy to be a graphene production. <laughs> a graphene-based economy. Based economy. Then we can create the graphene-based life forms. I think Ian has called for a graphene-based economy, to I be completely so, honest. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I know. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> All right. I'm uh, not just a guest here, man. That's right. <laughs> hey, everybody. Go to TimCast.com. Become a member. And you will get an ad-free experience on the website. You will get access to members-only segments and f- podcasts from this show. Yesterday, we had John Schnatter on, and he has had to catch, he had to catch a flight. He's a very important man, busy guy. So we were only able to do a short, you know, 10-minute or so segment. But typically, we do a little bit longer than that. And uh, more importantly, you'll be supporting our fierce and independent journalists who are writing only the best news. No, they're writing good news. And uh, I don't mean good as in, like, it'll make you happy. I mean, they're doing a good job of it. I think we'll do better. I think we're going to be hiring fact checkers. We're going to be hiring. Um, we're going to be hiring a writer whose job it is to like check framing, not just fact checking. We're going to have a frame checker. You know, I love that. So if someone says like Democrats right. smell bad, they can right. be like, you know, yeah, let's, let's pull kinda, back. Little, yeah, that's an opinion, and you'll try to make sure that these things. Are, but anyway, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's, uh, Jack. Let's talk about the apocalypse. Hmm. I guess the slow apocalypse. The slow apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. So we got this story. From CBS News, I'm terrified. Millions in the U.S. face eviction as moratorium nears end. They say LaVita Harvey is well aware of the federal moratorium on evictions ending Saturday. The Las Vegas mother of two teenagers lost both of her jobs during the COVID pandemic and has been unable to pay her $9 a month, uh, $9, $900 at nine hmm. per month rent. I'm terrified. 
Job offers are coming in, but they're coming in very slowly. It's the hardest thing to see in the world when you know that you're a single mother and you have no one to turn to. You'll be homeless. Harvey has been approved for more than $9,000 in federal rent help through a local program, but the money hasn't come through yet. More than 8,000 other renters in Nevada's Clark County are still waiting for approval. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who lost their jobs during COVID, don't have any savings, and won't be able to pay rent. But I'm also wondering why these people weren't getting unemployment. And with the, if the, with the massive job openings and the major labor shortage, I'm not sure I believe all of these people so who are like, oh, I'm going to be evicted, couldn't pay. You just said that was Clark County, Nevada, right? Yes. Right. So I was actually in Clark County, Nevada for, um, I, w- I went to the UFC fight. I went to the Rogan Chappelle show, uh, the comedy show, and, you know, just walking around the different hotels and everything. There's a massive worker shortage out there right now. Um, they could not find people for these jobs. So, um, funny enough is you remember there was that whole controversy about like, Oh, when Trump walked in, was everybody chanting USA, USA, or were they booing? Which was it, et cetera. <laughs> mm-hmm. So everybody was asking me, which was it? And I said, well, you know, funny enough, I was actually outside of the, of the arena when that happened because my brother and I were waiting in line to get some food from the concessions. But each one of the concessions, because there's so few workers, only had like two people working per stand. Meanwhile, the entire place is completely sold out, 26,000, wow. 30,000 people. So just imagine how long that is. You're waiting like 30, 40 minutes for so. You know, I've got the order for like, you know, we had eight of us out there. Uh, it was Will Chamberlain's thing. And we, we went and we actually hear as we're waiting in line, we hear the USA, USA. And we're like, oh, what's that? And my brother goes, I think that's for Trump. And I was like, no, nah, <laughs> I, I don't. I was like, no, nah, man, that, it wouldn't be that loud for Trump. It'd be something else. And then we go in and we, you know, we see the red tie. Like, oh, there, yeah, it is Trump. Yeah. Um, but, you know, going back, it was the issue was that they could not find people to work those jobs, the snack stands, selling drinks, et cetera, et cetera. And so you have lines and lines of people. And then we started talking to the Uber drivers and we were talking to just other people in the hotels. And they said, look, we, we would love for people to come work with us. We're offering more money. We're offering more benefits. There are even some, even some hotels were doing signing bonuses, right? Signing oh, yeah. bonuses for just working the floor out there because they, that's how bad they're hard up for for workers right now. So when some people are saying, oh, there's, you know, there's only so many job offers out there. I'm like, mm, what's your aperture right. for, for those we, kind of you, jobs? You, you, you drive a few miles from here and you'll see a Wendy's with a big old sign saying open interviews. They have signs saying like a thousand dollar bonus. I'm not saying a single mother should go work at Wendy's. I'm saying there are a ton of jobs that are desperate and the ones you can see outright are, they're just all over the streets. Not only that, but, you know, we ordered pizza the other day. It was great. Uh, Papa John, he actually autographed a pizza box for us. That's awesome. I don't think he was trying to autograph it. I think he was just testing the marker to see if it worked. He was like, let me see if this marker works. And then he just signs it. And I'm like, we got a signed pizza box. I'm keeping it. Wait, but was it a Papa John's pizza? Yes. Yes. But there's a, there's a thing on it that says, like, we, we, we need drivers. It's like they, they, wow. they, they stuck this to the box. Like, wow. drivers are needed in your area. Yeah. And, you know, he autographed over it. So now we have to leave it on. But anyway, it's, it's a great reminder that a lot of what we see in the immediate is what affects us. Fast food restaurants. We see that. We know they're hurting. Local diner. Okay, that's a little bit better, right? You've got wait staff. They make better tips, right? They're not they're not making minimum wage or anything like that. They're doing a little bit better. They're also short-staffed. Then you move up and you start noticing that there's a, a total labor shortage across the board. There's no truckers. 
you know, for, for a variety of reasons. There's been a bunch of stories about this. Some have said it's because uh, it's viewed as like an old man job. But now we're learning that there's a labor shortage in agriculture. You know what that means? Food. Food. That's right. And so people think like, oh, who – I hear it from these, these, these DSA young people who have no idea how, how the economy works. Like I said, they think – these people think that movies means Hollywood. They don't realize that the movie industry is actually no, it's so massive. Yeah, there's movies you'll never hear of, you've never seen that make money for these businesses. You know, I, I have friends who do TV production, and you'll never hear of anything they do because it's a local market. So they do commercials, they do short films, and it's all local market stuff that you're never going to hear of unless you live in the area. Right, they're not on IMDb, and, right, and everything else. Well, there's shortages for all that. So anyway, I digress, right? We'll, we'll, we'll jump back to the labor shortage because we're, we, I want to talk about this moratorium stuff. People aren't paying rent. And what happens come August 1st when everybody, millions of people, tens of millions maybe get served that eviction notice? So I think the way to understand what we're actually going towards, you need to pair that with another story that just came out. And I know we haven't teed this up. We were just talking about it. What was the news that came out of the Fed today? Oh, they're going to keep the inf- uh, interest rates low? They are going to extend low interest rates. <laughs> so, acting like so, nothing's happening. Right, acting like nothing's happening. <laughs> acting, so, so understand. Understand this and coming to it from an economic populist model, right? This is all being done by design. They want those people to feel the pain. They want the landowners to feel the pain, the, the landlords, right? Yeah. Um, the small landlords. They want those landlords to sell. Is this a? It, it, it's not so conspiratorial. And man. then the Great Reset. Because here, here's what's going to happen, right? Who are they going to sell to? BlackRock, BlackRock, Blackstone, and where are they going to get the money from that? Boom, the Lower, Fed. The Fed, right? <laughs> so they're going to walk right in, get the loans for it, and they're going to say, "Hey, we're you know, there's hey, look at all of these properties that just came up because these small time landlords. Because that's the thing, most landlords in this country aren't. It's it's like you said, it's like one guy owns a building, maybe has two buildings, right? A couple. And then they're putting a few together. They can't handle an entire year of not collecting, right? It's $9,000 for one person. But what happens when that's every person, every tenant in your entire building, every Let, unit isn't paying? What people need to realize, okay, you could be in your late 30s. You're a millennial. You finally saved up to buy a nice house and it's uh, in an area. It's not the best area, but it's okay. It's a couple hundred grand. You put, you know, you, you saved up 10 grand. You were able to pay a down payment plus closing costs. You're getting in. And then you have a tragic loss in the family. You find out that, you know, your great uncle has passed and lo and behold, he's left you a house. You, su- you It's a windfall, but you can't really do much with it, right? This happens and then you say, okay, well, how about I get a rental management company to take care of it or I rent it out? Which, and, and by the way, before you go down that road, that's... That is how generational wealth is generally passed on. Exactly. Right. It's, it's th- traditionally in the United States, it's through real estate, right? So, someone either has a family estate or there's one house and then that's passed on and that's the wealth that's built up that's then transferred to the next generation. This is why they define it that way. And that's exactly what, I, what, I, what, I, why I bring it up. So you come, you end up through tragedy inheriting this home. Now you're a landlord. Now the left says you're the problem, you're right. the bourgeois. They assume that you're some fat cat Wall Street guy. No, it's somebody who has like earned generational wealth or received generational wealth. What happens now? You have somebody living in that property for a year who never paid rent, but you got to pay taxes, you got to pay insurance, you got to fix the property. I have a friend. So you sell. And I who do you sell friend. to? You're gonna you're gonna sell to Wall Street. You're gonna sell to the highest bidder. Wall Street. You're gonna sell That's to right. the highest bidder. Yep. I have a friend who. Um, 
not maybe like 30 minutes from here who was in this very same situation, but he had a guy who just refused to pay, just straight up refused to pay and refused to even apply for any kind of government support for this thing and just said, I'm not leaving. I'm squatting in this property. What are you going to do? And my friend, it's a, didn't even you know plan to tell the story. Um, he spent almost 18 months. The guy's still there. He can't get rid of him, right? So this guy is just squatting in the property. And now he's still on the hook, my friend, because he's the owner. He's still on the hook for insurance. He's on the hook for utilities. He's on the hook for taxes, yep. everything else, right, that you have to pay for owning the house, including maintenance, right? He could still be sued for not maintaining the place by the guy who's essentially now a squatter on his property. And there's nothing he can do. The state won't get involved. The local police won't get involved. And the guy straight up is like... He won't even talk to him anymore at this point. That's that. that I want to. The reason I wanted to highlight that side of this of this conflict uh, or of this crisis is because people assume that all the landlords are ultra rich, and so pointing that out, it's not the case. Yeah, my buddy's and, like not. You know. I mean, look, he's got he owns he owns he owns his properties right now. Yeah, he's now. got he's a pro, he has one property that he has that was um that was his old house, and then he was able to get another place for his family and then make that a rent. Like that was it. So I will say, however. These people still are doing a lot better than a lot of the people who are going to be evicted, which is the bigger portion of that crisis. So I can only, I can only. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. You don't think what the more the, the evictions? I, I don't. I don't think the evictions. I don't think there's going to be massive evictions. Well, I think the government's going to come in. Well, hold on. And they're going to stop it. Why would the government come in? They are going to come in because they get they get to be the saviors now. No, no, but I mean, like, what will happen where the government will say, "Oh, we're going to have to come in and bail people out." It'll be that moratorium. It'll be that point where they say where too many people for from again. This is Joe Biden's party. This is AOC's party. They're going to say, "What are we going to do? We can't have any jobs. You have to help us. You have to come in for us." They need the problem first, right? So here's what'll happen right now. So this this story is like the start of the drumbeat, right? But the government's not going to be able to come in and do a bailout or assert power unless there's a crisis, and the moratorium is currently in effect. They could right now come out and say we're extending the moratorium for another six months. You know, the, the unemployment payments are going till September 6th. They could do that. Maybe. I mean, we've got a couple of days. Maybe they'll say, you know, it was an emergency. We're going to extend the moratorium because the Delta variant, all that stuff. And then all of the, you know, smaller business landlords will groan. Or they'll let it expire. 10, 10 million or so, you know, however many millions eviction notices will go notices out. Notices go out. And then there's a major uproar in the press. People start freaking out, saying, I have nowhere to go. I have no job. I have no money. The unemployment isn't enough. I can't afford rent. The rent is skyrocketing because of inflation. What do I do? And the government says, we're going to bail everybody out. The, the reason I wanted to highlight the landlords, because I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I wanted to highlight the, the, the poor working class people who are being evicted because they're probably a substantial portion. But the reason I, want, I, I don't even want to say that either, because I don't want to make it out like I'm against it. They, they're being used as political pawns in the system. Well, I mean, they're just being right? screwed over. They're being put in this position on purpose by people who want more power and more control. But, but, but uh, per, per, perhaps, I don't know that it's, uh, I have evidence, any evidence to suggest there's a grand conspiracy other than conjecture and the Great Reset. And yeah, people stand to make a lot of money. But look, the regular working class people had their businesses destroyed, their jobs were stripped from them, and that is first and foremost, I think the big, I think the biggest problem: the people being screwed over. And but, we're hearing but, that more lockdowns are coming. Right, but here's why I think it's important to highlight landlords. The reason why I wanted to explain that landlords are not all multi-millionaire fat cats with a bunch of buildings is that when when the when they're forced to sell, 
because they can't deal with a bunch of tenants who don't pay and they got to pay all these things they can't afford. And they sell to Wall Street firms who, who use Fed money to buy this stuff. And then when all of these firms, depending on how much they actually own, say to the government, all of these evictions, how are we going to do this? The government says, we will bail you out. And the government will write the check to pay all the back rent back to these firms who bought up the houses who could afford to eat the costs. Get right. It? So it's it's almost like you've got a big like a reverse big short in this sense. <laughs> right. It's like a reverse big short. Yeah. So instead of it being Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac on the back end, now you've got Wall Street coming in on the front, scooping up all of this stuff. The low interest rates are how they're getting the money from the Fed directly. And so now you cut out the middleman completely and it's just the government and Wall Street. And you're, you are the one, by the way, you as the tenant, eventually you're going to be on the hook for that or the people who are, who have their rents that go up and up and up. You're still going to be on the hook, by the way. It's just that your landlords are going to be the ones kicked out. You're going to be the ones stuck paying higher rents. Now you're the, now what, you know, who knows what's going to happen as to the actual, if, if there's mortgages for this property, how much of that's getting paid. You, the, and the American taxpayer is the one that's ultimately on the hook for all of it. I told you how I got, how I got denied a mortgage for a house, right? Did I tell you that? I tweeted about it. I think I saw your tweet, but I didn't, I didn't get the whole story. Yeah, I'll say it straight up. Um, you know, I was, I wasn't going to. Cause you're not it. white, right? Probably, yes. you know, but I would never make, I, I don't know, but uh, it was Navy Federal and they sent false credit. Oh, I love my Navy. Love yep. my Navy. Yeah. They sent me false credit. They, they sent a false credit letter that had wrong information. It accused me of having delinquent accounts, which is just absolutely false, fictitious. It said my credit rating was, was relatively low, which is just absurd. And they used that to justify denying me a loan. And I thought that was really, really weird because it wasn't just that. It was the three months where they kept changing the agents on us. It was, it felt like they were trying to get me not to buy. And I was like, what is going on? Just, are we doing this or not? Right. Here. Right. Cause now, they, they don't want to sell to individuals anymore. Yeah. The, I, it, I don't, I don't, so I'm not saying I, I can, I can prove any intent. Right. If but you're, man, it was but so, just, just so just weird. Take, take it back. Right. If you're a large institution, whether you're a bank or a credit union, why would you want to sell to an individual? Why would you want to deal with all the potential problems of selling to an individual? When you could, when you know that waiting in the wings are these massive Wall Street institutions with the backing of federal maybe, money, maybe. But I'm just talking incentives. I'm, I'm just look, talking incentives. I think, I think maybe, but I could, I, I, I could very easily guarantee, like the, the the loan was extremely low risk for them. It's just you know, they for some reason jammed me up, made it impossible to do, and I bring it up because. It, it felt like they were trying to stop me from buying property at a time when we're hearing about all this news where these firms are buying up property. We're facing this major eviction, this, this major uh, more, this, this eviction crisis. And I think it's possible we see a bailout that allows the government to own houses and apartments. When they buy, they, when they bail out these big companies that 100%. have bought up, they're going to own how much of these companies? And then we're going to be slowly moving towards government owned apartments and housing. So you know what, man? You know what's going to happen in 2030? You will own nothing, and you will be happy. This is this is Russian serfs. This is, by the way, this is you know Russian serfs in the past. Chinese citizens today, by the way, are like this. This is the system in China. You yeah, you do, can't buy property. You, you do not own property in China. The most you can do, I think, is a 99 year lease, right? From the, the government owns all. Of it. In fact, the word uh, communism in Mandarin, Gongchanjui, public propertyism it's literally <laughs> the word for communism yeah. is public property in china yep. it's, it's completely defined 
by public property. Now, of course, we're not calling it public property. We're saying it's owned by a private firm that's backed by federal money. That's totally not the same thing as public property, not at all. I think uh, uh, Andreas he completely put, different. He, he completely put different. on he, he put on this documentary earlier. I don't know what it was, but uh, uh, I go downstairs around. He puts like, on some weird documentary. Yeah, it was a weird one. I think it was German. It was DW, and it was like a guy, and he went to China, and he they were showing him the social credit score infrastructure. Right. It was creepy, like a camera watching someone jaywalk and stuff like that. Oh, uh, with the uh, whether they did the facial recognition, yes. and kind of like that your thing pops yep. up. And yeah, then we're, the, I mean, we're only a couple steps away from that. Oh no, 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 we're there. We are completely there. So what happens? I'm, wa- I'm 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 passively watching. I was playing Load Runner on the arcade, and nice. then I, and then I'm listening to this, and the guy's like, "Wow, this social credit score is great." And they're like, "That's right, because now these people are less inclined to commit crimes, and crime is going down. We like social credit score." Wait, wait, wait. crime is go- the- crime in China is extremely low, right? This, I mean, it's a, <laughs> it literally is a police state. So yeah, right. if you want crime to be super low in your country, have a police state. Right, right, right. Well, it's, the next, it, the next, it, it's not really a thing. The transition in the documentary was hilarious because then he goes to. I went to talk with Google, who is increasingly you know, incredibly private, and you can you can't get any information out of them. And they refused to do an interview. And we tried Facebook, and they're also private and locked down. And he talks about how Google's devices, all these phones and everything, their microphones are always on. Yes, always because there's the wake up phrase, right? You can say, you know, what's what's the phrase for Google? I don't know. I'm not going to say it because people's phones on the on the show okay. will. Yeah. So you you say that in the word. And then it turns on. But that means the microphone has to be on the whole time. That means the microphone is picking up ambient noise. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean they're recording the words you say in the conversations you're having. But they mentioned that Google does track sounds like car horns and and just other ambient effects where they can determine where you are and what you're doing just by the noise around There's actually a function on your iOS where – I think you probably know what I'm talking about – where you can – it can identify ambient noises for you. Well, like, let's say you have your headphones in and, hey, there's a car horn, but you wouldn't know. This will pop up on the screen. There's a car horn <laughs> no or way. pop up. I'm 100 percent. Or there's uh, there's a train coming or there's a dog is barking. Right. It, it will tell you what that ambient noise is as you're listening to your headphones. Yeah. So as you're listening to Timcast IRL, it'll tell you what's going on around you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What I found fascinating about this was that they, they contrasted the Chinese police state and social credit system with the secrecy of Google and Facebook. And it's like... It's no contrast. Right. What's the difference? We, we've outsourced censorship and authoritarianism to private corporations to, to, to uh, do an end run around so this the Constitution. Is what, this is what I've been getting at in uh, human events. And I started with a piece that I put out on the 4th of July, funny enough. Um, but actually, purposely, I knew it would be running on the 4th of July where they said, you know, write something about freedom. And I said... I'm going to write about how we're losing it and why we're losing it and and what's happening, right? And from my perspective, it's really quite simple. I call it the axis of the elites between the 1% of the U.S. and the CCP, which if you do the numbers, it's like 1% in China is the 90 million members of the party. It's about 1%. It's like just under, right? It's actually a little bit less. It's like 0.7. And so the... If you go back to the 90s or even the 80s, right, they said, well, we'll we'll let Hong Kong go back to communist China because 
Hong Kong is so capitalist and they believe in the free market and it's totally run by the banks, right? And it's all about free trade and this will infect the rest of China and will make China more liberalized. Well, that didn't work and then Tiananmen Square happens, right, and everything. And so they say, well, we just need to let China into... So you think about it. What was the West's response to Tiananmen Square? Was it, we're going to isolate them, we're going to work against the regime, we're going to put sanctions? No. Double down. It was, we're going to double down. We need... We were told by the free traders, we need to let China into the system. We need to let them into the World Trade Organization. So 1999, 10 years after Tiananmen Square, that happens. Antifa was completely against it at the time. So all along, we are told... Battle in Seattle. Battle in Seattle, right. <laughs> so all along, we're told... Bring China in and they will become more democratic and they will have an open society. They will stop being so closed and so authoritarian. The exact opposite, and this is my thesis, the exact opposite happened. But, that but, but Jackie, we became more authoritarian as our elites became more familiarized and more uh, had more vis- visibility into their system and how their system works. The Democratic Party is learning quite well from the Chinese Communist Party. So when I worked in the American Chamber of Commerce in Shanghai, and then I worked for um, a, an American consulting firm in Shanghai as well, we would have this. We would have congressional delegations and government delegations. People would come in to Shanghai, and there was this museum over there. Um, it was called the Municipal Planning Museum. Right? It's kind of this like innocuous name. But when all of these people would come in, these dignitaries and functionaries from the U.S. government would come in and they'd take them to this municipal building and the museum, they'd talk about what their plans were. So high-speed rail was a big one, right? So the one, the high-speed rail of Shanghai was one of the first that China ever got. And it actually doesn't even go all the way downtown to Shanghai, but it goes from the airport. And I got to ride it a couple times. But then you ask the question, what about all the people that live in the path of the high-speed rail? And they say, <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> they don't, they don't live there anymore, right? You know, they, they're out, you know, or, what about all of these old and Shanghai used to have these great um, old this old architectural style called the Shirkuman, and it was these stone apartments with like courtyard around a courtyard. So it was like shared families would all live together, and then they'd all share the courtyard, and that was sort of like this big communal atmosphere where they lived. Okay, all of those would just get wiped out. Um, I don't think any of them are really preserved. There's like one or two where they've been sort of updated into like nightclubs and bars. Wow, but none of the actual like cool architecture or historical features of Shanghai have been uh, preserved at all because they've been wiped out. The people who own them, the people who want to preserve them, who cares? Get rid of it. And so as all of these dignitaries would come in and all these U.S. officials, American officials, and there's, there's Europeans all over the place as well, they would say, wow, your model is amazing. This is incredible. How do we bring this back home? Right. And they started to say, well, you know, we have all these issues. We, you know, we have to be careful because we don't have this public ownership like you do here. So we can't just lease things. But if we could somehow get people out of ownership of their property and if we could just move things around so that we could become more powerful, not only in terms of the, you know, the censorship and the authoritarianism online, that's like a sideshow compared to what they're doing in the ownership. If they can reduce the ownership class to just themselves and just really this gentry, right, then you don't have to worry about everyone else because you can shuffle them around whenever you've got some big project. And what happened throughout the entire last year with the lockdowns, which they say may be coming back? How many was like 100,000 businesses or something, small businesses destroyed? When we talk about people losing their jobs, it doesn't just mean and that Jeff Bezos gets to McDonald's. fly his uh, interestingly shaped spaceship around <laughs> overhead while laughing at all of us from down below. And he, and he even has the gall, the absolute gall of this guy to say, I just like to thank 
all of the Amazon employees when you're not when you're when you've done taking your uh, trash can break to use the bathroom uh, or use your bottle to d- go to the bathroom. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I no, like, I'm saying that he's like, I'd li- no, it was not direct. But he said, I'd like to thank all the employees and the customers of Amazon for paying for yep. my joyride in space on my interestingly shaped spaceship. And I was like. Yep. Man, it's, so it's and it, rubbing the, in your face, right? That that part of me is like, I want there to be a space program, and I want it to be good, right? And I, I think that is better. But at the same time, um, you look at the guy running it, and you know, shout out to the guys who ran the Expanse, right? And that whole TV show and, and book series. And even though I think the plot is kind of silly, um, the the setup that they have, where they just kind of move the poor people into the asteroid belt. Have you yep. have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to do like the mining out there. <laughs> And it's really still all the rich people just kind of control everything from like the moon and Mars. I'm like, you, you guys just nailed it. Like you just nailed it. You That's know, what it's going to be like. What, what, what I've been watching happen over the past few, uh, maybe 10 years, there used to be direct upward mobility, almost like you could imagine upward mobility as a stair set. Not everybody would want to climb to the top of the stairs. It's like this used to be a 35. huge Republican talking point. Right, right. But you could if you worked hard. I, I once, uh, during a, during, during the hurricane, it was a Sandy in New York. I had to climb 35 flights of stairs. Because there was a generator on the roof that needed to be shut down because the storm could cause a surge and they were really worried. So we had to climb all the way up. I'm like, if you work hard enough, you can succeed. But now it's not uh, – what's happening over the past few years is upward mobility is becoming an inverted rock climbing wall. So most people, even of determination, are like, I can't climb that thing. Right. But some people who strive really, really hard and, and break themselves, they can get really good at this and then make it, make, make it up that inverted rock climbing wall. What's happening is the path towards upward mobility is becoming a very, very narrow bridge where very few will be able to cross it. It'll still exist to a certain degree. But when the left talks about you know, the American dream being dead, I'm like, well, it's the Democrats that are destroying it, what's left of it. So business ownership is being destroyed. Home ownership is being destroyed. The American dream was never that you'd get out, get a loan for a hundred grand, go to college, and then get a high-paying job. The American dream was you could come from the gutter, work really hard, and then start your own corner store and have a living and be independent. You used to be able to, if you go back just to the 1980s, right? You used to be able to buy a home with like three years of the median wage, or the median yeah. salary, right? Three years median salary, and you've you've purchased your start. Your you know it's a starter home, right. not like. You know, nothing palatial, but nothing opulent. But you've you've got a place where you can live, and you're surviving. And this is why you're starting to hear more populists take up this message of we shouldn't. Uh, JD Vance got you know got a lot of hate for saying this, but he said you should be able to support a family on a single income, right? right. And they said, well, they said he said, oh, that's sexist. He said, I didn't say anything about whose income. I didn't even <laughs> say which part of the family or anything. I just said right. you should be able to do that because in within living memory. We used to be able to do that in the United States. And I think this is why, you know, there's always that sort of like boomer millennial debate that goes on about, you know, oh, you guys had it so hard, but you guys screwed up, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I think there actually is, though, such a generational difference between the baby boomer generation and then the economy as millennials were getting into the workforce in 2007, 2008, because everything had changed where it was actually like they were speaking different languages completely across the other. Well, just go in there and hand them your resume and give the manager a firm handshake and tell them you want a job. It's like that, that, you know, and then he'll give you a job for the rest of your life, right? That doesn't, no, it doesn't exist anymore. I think it does. I do. Oh. But the boomers raised the millennials. Hmm. And they raised a generation of entitled, uh, entitled people. So, uh, look, I, I got a, a job at a, at a nonprofit I, that required a college degree. 
I didn't have a college degree. I'm a high school dropout. But I went in with firm handshake and I talked my way into the job because I had the skill, the talent, the ability, and the drive. What do I see with, with millennials? They spent 22, 22 years in institutionalized learning facilities. They've never had a real job. They come out and then they're like, tell me what to do. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I am not, uh, I'm not necessarily saying I'm a millennial apologist, but I'm also, I'm also an, uh, I try to make myself an impartial observer of the whole thing. And where I, and, and certainly baby boomers have played their part and millennials clearly are the most neurotic absolutely neurotic self-centered generation we've seen in a very very long time um, but i do think um the economics of the time played a huge role in that definitely i think you know if you look at uh, there's an interesting phenomenon where they show boomers still hold a disproportionate amount of wealth even as they age out yeah, yeah i've seen and that millennials have almost none right i also think that so by like 2040 or so that's when we think that a lot of that wealth is going to be transferring down but at that point at that well right and that's look at the, i mean you look at things no, I like think by that point it'll be seized by the government it'll probably go, or or it'll be reverse mortgaged out because you'll have people saying well i want the money now why should i it's you know, my it's my money i i put I in this now. i put the equity in this house why couldn't i have it now why should i leave this for my kids what did they do to earn this thing i mean you look at how we've broken down the traditional roles of you know how a family gains its generational wealth about how we support the next generation how we support previous generations by the way right we don't you know we don't live with our grandparents anymore we don't have them in the home right, right. We, we, yeah, we shuttle them off somewhere and even the grandparents they'll say uh, there was who is it there was somebody on twitter who was saying this uh, you know recently and they, they kind of got hit on I, for, I forget if it was new york times or what and I, i'm, I'm going to screw it up but it was like um why should we spend time helping out our kids with, you know, with our grandkids? Why we could be doing arts and crafts and <laughs> pursuing other things. And this is actually better for us in our, in our age. And, you know, why should we be teaching the f- further generations, our wisdom and our society, you know, our health? It's like, we, we want to go out to the next, uh, well, you can't go see ZZ top because oh. we're just, Oh man, that's lost. You know, I, I, I look at what's going on in China and I have to wonder if anything being said by the American elites is true. They're like, oh, climate change. Oh, geez. Hey, how's that beachfront property just bought Obama? It's pretty good. Um, am I supposed to believe this guy cares about rising water levels when he buys beachfront property? Am I supposed to believe these people when they're in buying investment property in Miami Beach? They're telling me all these things are going to happen. You make it really hard to believe when you don't lead by example. Hey, they care so much about BLM and all of the social justice issues while their companies are in Africa using child labor to go into the cobalt mines and build <laughs> everything out for our electric cars, for our cell phones and everything else, which, by the way, now is being done predominantly by China and Chinese firms. But, but Jack, why, why are you complaining? They're helping you. Yes. You're an American. You know, you know what, you know what's happening. Let me pull up the story, and I, I'll, I'll break down for you. What, what going on. <laughs> we we can't do the entire thing in sarcasm. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, but this is this is legit. Check this right, out. right. No, no. We have to like bring it down at some point. We got the story from TimCast.com. Fifty thousand migrants released into the U.S. by Border Patrol. Just thirteen percent show up to an ICE office. A new report from Axios is shedding more light on the chaos quickly unfolding at the U.S.-Mexico border. One hundred eighty plus k, one hundred eighty-eight thousand. A million so far, maybe a million point two so far this year of illegal immigrants coming into the country. Now think that, of, that we've tracked. That we've tracked. But right. think about this. Will those people be able to get special COVID unemployment benefits? Are they getting the benefits? Are they getting vaccinated? Are we, I mean, you, well, you no, no, go no, no, through no, no, the no, no, entire no. list of all the things. Are they going to be able to apply for free money from the government? 
they're not. They're not the ones that, especially the ones that aren't being tracked. They're not going to get COVID unemployment benefits. Right. So they're going to have to work or do something for money, right? Now there's a major labor shortage. So it seems like Biden, sweating bullets because he doesn't know how to deal with the labor shortage, decides to just import a bunch of people to take those jobs. But what ends up happening? Not the first time that Clark County, Nevada, has hired. You know. But but take a look at at, at the result. What the result result is going to be? We, uh, I have long said this. Many conservatives have mentioned this as well that the Democrats are creating a surf class, that they bring in illegal immigrants who are forced to live in the shadows and get paid out of the table, and then Americans don't have to do the jobs that nobody wants. You know how they say that all the time? Right. But these illegal immigrants, they do the job nobody wants. And I hear people say, but I wanted my job. Well, what's happening now? People, Americans lo- lose their jobs, but the government gives them free money. Now you've got tons of Americans who don't have to work and don't want to work. Then you get tons of illegal immigrants it's either work or sink or swim. So they're creating the surf class who's going to have to fill these roles and do the hard work that nobody wants to do. So, so say the Democrats. Which, by the way, th- this also exists in China. Um, it's just that it's in a way that a lot of people don't don't the, understand. The North Koreans, because it's it's with North Koreans, not just that North Koreans and people and provincials. So there is a system in China called the Hukou system, and what this is, they got it from the Soviet Union. It was a Stalinist idea. It's an internal passport system. So. It like you know how you have a state driver's license here in the yeah. U.S. So imagine if you've got um, a Virginia driver's license. Well, that unless you had a specific stamp, you couldn't get a job in New York City. You couldn't live there. You couldn't work there because you don't have because you're Virginia, right? So if you're if you're tagged for Virginia, you can't go to New York. You can't go to Chicago, etc. Unless you get special permission. And now. Could you just go and get a job and live in the shadows? Yeah, sure. But you're then you're going to be out of the system. And so when I was right. in Shanghai, this would happen all the time. The population of Shanghai, there are so many. They call them internal migrants, right? Think of wow. that, right? Internal migrants. There's and they live in these this sort of ring on the outskirts of Shanghai for the most part because um, the housing situation just isn't really that. Um, there's not much oversight of it out there. It's not very well, well regulated. And so what they do is they come into the city, they work, they do the construction jobs, and they go back at the end. So if you actually measure the population of Shanghai, it differs by over a million people, whether you do it during a day or at night. And that, that, that's true for a lot of cities in the United States, not to that degree, though, like to a million. But uh, it is substantial. But they, would, but they wouldn't be considered illegal workers. Right, right, right. right However, that are out of the system. Do you know what cities like San Francisco and New York do? It costs five bucks or more to come in when you when you cross the tunnel of the bridge, but leaving is free. Right, exactly. So what what happens in San Francisco? We used to say that in poor uh, people out. Yeah, we used to say that in Philadelphia because we didn't want the people from New Jersey coming in. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, we you would, charge them to come yeah, in. Yeah, because had to charge to come in. Free to leave. Yeah, we're building a surf class. It's 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 obvious. It's predictable. And that's the joke I make when I'm like, oh, but we're Americans. So a you know, great, we're, there, we're, we're great, right? There is a great microcosm of this that everyone in the country can go look at and everyone can see the difference between the statements and what's actually happening on the ground. And that city is called Washington, D.C., right? And when I'm talking about D.C. in this sense, don't look at D.C. from the – take the federal government out of it, right? Just look at Mayor Bowser and the policies of the gentrification of Washington, D.C., who's being kicked out, the families that are being sent out, the businesses that are coming in, the landlords that are coming in, the massive companies that are coming in, right? There are families that have lived in D.C. for 40 years, 50 years. They are all being kicked out to PG County, Maryland. And all everyone who's coming in are these like millennials and DC Hill staffers 
and lobbyists and all that money that's coming in. And Bowser knows this, by the way. She absolutely knows exactly what she's doing. She knows exactly who she's catered to. And she will paint Black Lives Matter up and down the street in front of the White House when Trump is in there. But when he's gone, what happens? It gets paved over and she goes and she's kicking families out of the city by policy. And when Cuba Libre was painted in front of the, I believe it was the Cuban embassy building, they came and got rid of that immediately. Right. Yeah, the messaging is only there when, you know, you're, you're anti-Trump, right? You know what I, I love about these Capitol hearings is that they're, they're literally crying. Like, Kinzinger cried. That dude is oh, a the, the sociopath. Yeah. Because those, those tears are not real. That dude was faking it, I will tell you that, in my opinion. Why? We had 60 Secret Service agents injured at the insurrection at the White House last year. Right. The, what was it? A guard tower? Secret Service tower was set on fire? On fire. St. John's uh, Church set on fire? Is that, is that what it's called? St. John's? St. John's, yeah. Insurrection. They were, trying to, they were trying to breach the White House. 60 Secret Service agents right. injured. Remember, and remember they, they laughed. Police. They laughed at Trump for being evacuated That's right. to the presidential bunker. And because they, of their insurrection, and the it was president like was evacuated, and the media left and mocked Trump, and they called him Bunker Boy, and they posted photos. So imagine and if, now Kinzinger's crying? You know, Spare me. You know, imagine if that were Biden and Harris sent to the bunker, then, I mean, these J6 hearings would be... I mean, what, what they're trying to do, and I know you were in Ukraine when it happened, they're trying to turn January 6 into an American version of the Maidan revolution. Um, they're... So... This is essentially what that that was a color revolution, right? That happened yeah. to Ukraine. This is pretty widely accepted that that was a color revolution. Yeah, it was, a, it was the president Yanukovych. Yanukovych, right? And he and so got he ousted, was, he fled was, to Russia. He was out the next day. The right. very next day. Well, was when the vote. Happened. Euromaidan uh, was took a long time. Um, the day after the shooting. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So you have this this big build up, and then you have the one sort of, uh, you know, you could say the denouement, right? You know, your your huge, you know, climax. And then, boom, after that conflict moment happens, then you have the political change that you wanted all along. You exploit that and exploit the narrative surrounding it to get the political solution you wanted from the start. So you destabilize and you spend as much time destabilizing as possible. You have that moment and then you use that moment and you milk it for all it's worth. Yeah, of course. The problem is... They're really bad at it. You know, you mentioned how they go to China and they're like, wow, we want this stuff. Yeah, but they're really bad at it. I mean, you've got a lot of willing participants, a lot of really dumb people who don't read the news, who, who just say, like, you know, I hear these, these stories about people posting comments on our videos and the people who work here saying like, do you really fall for this right wing conspiracy stuff? It's like, what, what are you talking about? Do you have any, okay, name one thing. What science? What story? What are you concerned about? Because I think, you know, we, we strive to fact check. And it's, it's, it's so funny that people actually just don't read the news but assume they know the truth. They just fall in line. They're the ones who want well, that, that property. That means, the means they watch TV. And they no, know, like when people say, oh, I, I trust so. the science. It's, I don't you know, think you they watch TV. TV said. I don't think they watch TV. I think they watch Facebook memes. <laughs> I, I, no, it's Facebook memes all day. Yeah, yeah. And, and I see a guy and he's posting a meme and it's like, duh, there's bread in the store and a hungry guy outside, just give him the bread. And I'm like, what? I mean, like, sure, there are circumstances where we can just give the homeless guy some bread. But, like, that's not even a fleshed out idea. Like, what are you even talking about? They come up with these these half-brained ideas. I saw uh, uh, someone, this prominent leftist, tweeted, with all the money that Jeff Bezos wasted, we could have ended homelessness overnight. And I'm like, no, you can't. 
Do you know anything about homelessness? Now, this one. No, that's this, actually not true. This is a perfect example that, that I can cite because I have actually worked for a homeless shelter. I know for a fact money never solves the problem. Right. There, 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 there are homeless shelters in Los Angeles that are completely empty, yep. flush with cash. And homeless people say, F you, I'm not going in your building. Correct. You can't solve it, but you, you could write them a check. They'll go spend it. And they'll this go is, back have, to the Have you gone through D.C. lately at all? No. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. There are homeless camps throughout oh, it's the city. Gonna get now. worse with these they're calling them, they're calling them Bowservilles. Right? <laughs> so this Jeez. they're Bowservilles and it's it's almost under for Mayor Bowser. So it's almost un, like every tunnel every when I was still with One American News I would drive up under the Capitol and then you'd go through the tunnel. So that entire area under there it's it's all homeless camps now. Um to the north side of the Capitol there's a huge emplacement. It's almost like it's getting to the point where there any point where there's public space with the exception of the National Mall, right? They're not on the National Mall because there's lots of rules and regulations to the National Mall. But pretty much everywhere else that there's public space, there are homeless camps throughout Washington, D.C. Right? I, I don't even know if people realize that, by the way. No, no, but it's happening everywhere. Because And this this is the dynamic that I was just talking about because people are getting kicked out of D.C. It, there's so much... Uh, so many of these new policies are coming in so people can't afford the, host, the houses that they lived in for 40, 50 years. And rather than, you know, take a new place or move, they're saying, fine, I'm just going to pop a tent. Right. I hear it's happening in, in cities all over the country, not just D.C., not just L.A., but I hear cities in even red states. And stuff. Right. So L.A., um, the last time I was there, I said, oh, um, you know, we were this is like a year ago. And we were, we wanted to, I wanted to take Tanya to this. Um, there's this this one boutique that she really likes and she likes their dresses and her designer. So. I said, uh, I said, oh, let's see if they're open. And uh, they were actually closed on Sundays, but I had actually set up like a special thing for her. But I, told, I said, oh, we'll look in the window. So we're walking down, and I say, Man, and everywhere, it's it's tents and homeless tents and home. I said, are we in Skid Row? And I'm because like, I'm not, I'm not an LA guy, right? And I text my buddy, I said, am I in Skid Row? And he said, you don't understand, Jack. Like there is no Skid Row anymore, right? It's Skid, Skid City. It's, it's the city, the yeah. whole city now. Like you can't. And then we actually were talking to uh, the boutique owner, and she was like, I, I. We have to leave the city. Like we can't, we can't even open up anymore. You know what, man? It's it's really interesting. YouTube rolled out this thing called Super Thanks. Super Thanks. Super Thanks. And I got a notification saying, "Congratulations, you have been accepted to Super Thanks." And I'm like, <laughs> what, "What? What is it? It's basically people can comment on." I have so many jokes that I can't say right now. <laughs> but but it's like Super Chat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But for uh, so what's YouTube. what's the difference between Super Chat live and, Super and not live? Okay. So if I put up a video that's not live. Someone can basically pay to have their comment appear high above. In, oh, in the comments. okay, okay. So like, but, if you're doing like a daily. I was thing and I was thinking up. about this, and I was like, so people are getting money from the government, and then they're choosing it to get to choosing to give it to people who make videos on the internet. Is this the future of the economy? Is this what they're going for? Like, like some kind of uh, uh, government-funded attention economy for the sake of an economy? Like, well, you got to do something, I guess. We have to distract the people like, somehow. Well, look at Reddit. You get awards, like not you get you don't get paid for it, just giving Reddit money. But it's so weird. Someone will post something on Reddit and they'll be like, "Today my dog farted," and then they'll have like three thousand dollars in yeah. awards. And I'm like, "What are you, what are you spending this money on?" I feel like we're we're, we're heading in this direction where the, the and there's, there's is, a lot is, of human psychology hollow. behind that, by the way. Oh, for sure, there's for a sure. ton. 
No, I just think, you know, I remember Greta Thunberg. She was like, these fairy tales about infinite economic growth. And I'm like, do you see what's happening with the digital economy? And your Greta they're... is better than your Obama. My Greta. <laughs> well, I'll actually do Obama at some point, but, uh, that's I'm, I'm that's not, pretty I'm good Greta. I'm, I'm not trying to do a good Greta behind you. I'm trying to be somewhat of a, a jerk in the way I impersonate her. But, uh, I thought it like if I, if I was listening right now, I almost thought that she walked into the room. Oh yeah, just yeah, yeah I was hilarious. like, Tim, what, the credit? Why are you wearing a beanie? <laughs> we, we we in order to have a functioning economy while reducing greenhouse emissions and try, if if you want a great reset, then people will own things. But what are they going to own? Eh, they're going to own like the forest leather boots of agility with like plus three agility, and they're enchanted for plus ten armor or whatever. I'm sorry, that's an armor kit, not enchantment. They're going to have digital products and video right. games, and they're going to be proud of their non-physical assets that they can brag about. They're going to play video games all day, and they're going to do very little work. Now, part of me says this transition kind of needs to happen because, uh, to a certain degree because what happens to all the McDonald's fast food workers? You know, They lose their jobs. It feels very much so like the, the, the establishment elites. We, we are 10 years away from McDonald's being fully automated. Right. And I think we're a month away from McDonald's going full kiosks. Yeah. Because everyone, no one's working any, anymore. So it's about time. You, I mentioned that Wendy's where they're like, please come work here. Guys, kiosks now. And, instead of being like, oh, no, no one will work here. Just put up a kiosk. There's a um, – and, and I got I to gotta say this just because it's where we're going, right? Uh, my heart – everybody knows I'm a, I'm a longtime supporter of the Wawa Nation. Love yes. my Wawa. <laughs> you know, sheets, okay, whatever. But Wawa, <laughs> that's my better. heart. That's my heart. There is a Wawa that just opened, or it's, it's going to be open, I think, in, um, in northern New Jersey, where it's, there's no inside, right? So it's just out. You drive up to a kiosk, or you have your app, and then wow. you tell them what you want, and then you drive up to the drive-thru, and a hand hands it to you, and then you drive off. And that's it. That's the future, man. That's I was the future just, I was just right wa- there. I was just watching a Stargate SG-1. The episode where they go to that planet with the dome. That's, the atmosphere is destroyed. And everyone's got the link in their yes. brain. All right. I actually remember that, yeah. Yes, it was just on today. For those that don't know what Stargate SG-1 is, don't worry. I'm going to explain the concept to you. Uh, basically, all of these people live in a dying society. They, they were in a city that used to have 100,000 people, and there is an atmospheric dome that keeps them safe from pollutants outside. They wear something called a link. Wasn't the dome, like, failing or something? Yes. Yeah. So they wear something called a link, which connects their brains to the Internet, and they know everything because the link just downloads information. But what they didn't know was that it was also erasing information. Right. So what was happening was the, the, the city was failing, their shield was failing, and the, pollute, the, the, the uh, toxic atmosphere was basically getting closer and closer. But every time it would shrink and somebody would die, the link would erase their memory of what had happened. It doesn't sound like anything that's going on right now. Not, necess- not even close. Not necessarily, <laughs> but I bring it up just because you know of, of where we're moving with digital economy, the way we're moving to that Black Mirror episode where nobody leaves their room. You know, you know that Black Mirror episode where their room has TV screens and they watch American Idol, but their character is in the audience instead of them. Right, right, right. All of these I mean, dystopian that's ideas. Much, you know right, that, that's right, what right. WWF or WWE is doing now. What you, your your image appears in the audience from like a TV screen. Yeah, you haven't seen that. <laughs> No. Yeah, that's real. Oh, so instead man. of the crowd, it's like a Zoom crowd, and everyone. That's literally the Black Mirror episode, and it's and it's live, right? So it's a live image of that. It, it was either them or UFC or something. Was it was Char- Charlie Booker? Was his name? Was the guy who did that? What's the guy? I think so. And then, Pathetic. and then you're in the crowd, and it's your live reaction to what's going on, but you're not actually there, and the performers can't actually see that, right? That's all green screened in. Say the line, Jack. The one you tweet all the time. You know what I'm talking about. Do you know which one? 
Which one? I say get a lot. Of the, get out of the cities. Get out of cities. Get out of cities. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you well, that one a lot. That, well, that's usually for crime. That's usually for, <laughs> that's usually for like, Dude. you know, someone has blown up something or someone's going crazy and. We got, we got chickens in the incubator. Get out of cities. But it's actually, honestly, like, seriously, for folks, if you, there, there's that book, right? There's that, that talks about like, Escape you know, from the city. Yeah, escape from the city. And if you have no idea how to live outside of a city, if you've been living out of convenience stores and Starbucks for and fast food and restaurants your entire life, and you have no clue how to like just have a house, right, and run it and grow your own food and have a couple of animals or something. Like there's a there's a few books out there that actually, and you can go as far as you want, right? Um, but they're actually we're, pretty good. We're trying to get the chickens to to brood. Mm-hmm. Because they, we're getting four eggs per day now, and the chickens just leave them. And I'm like, okay, so we, we actually were at a point where one chicken had like six or seven eggs. Didn't care. And I'm like, if you want to raise chickens, man, it's not that easy. Maybe they're still a little wanna, uncomfortable like I am in this chair. Oh, man, bit. you know, yeah, it can, get, it can get a little little, Sorry, little rough. You know, our chairs are... You're missing that special something. You took like but, the but cushions out of it or something. Well, people sorry, they, sorry. They, sorry, they, they, were, they were not that great of cushions, I guess. People didn't like them. I, whatever. <laughs> but but anyway, you know, farming and taking care of yourself, it's not easy. And so I, I think we're you know this 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 nightmare dystopia stuff. Either people fall in line and live these really awful cubicle lives, or they get out. But that means you, you move to the suburbs, you move to the rural Escape areas. Escape the cube farms. You got to learn how well, to so escape yourself. Well, so let's. This is a point I was going to make earlier when you were talking about the worker shortage that's going on right now, because I think that you know we were talking a little bit more about your sort of like entry level jobs or your service economy type jobs, but what I think there's also another layer to all of this that not a lot of people are talking about is that a lot of people just had a year off, right, yeah. or a year where they were kind of working from home so yeah. a, a year off um well one guy was one guy for cnn was taking care of business oh yeah on, oh yeah on camera oh yeah yeah no he was working hard <laughs> working hard tubing no. yep he was again a working, lot of jokes working that I could, hard yeah a lot <laughs> of jokes that would get me anyway continue just going through my material let's see if we can cancel first and i think though i really do think there were a lot of people who had that year off from their lives and it was almost like they had a year to kind of check into their lives in a sense, right? A year off from their work life, but able to check into their personal life and say, you know what? If I'm driving an hour commute to work, that's two hours a day. Plus I'm working in a cubicle for eight hours a day. That's 10 hours of my day where I'm not with my personal life, my family, what's going on. That's, that's the majority of my day, right? And, you know, and then you're sleeping however many hours or you're not sleeping enough, because even though you should be. And uh, you thought I was going to do my pillow plug there. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think there's probably a lot of people who looked at that and said, you know what? I want to make a change. You know, Absolutely. Why, why am I doing this? Why am I living this way well, the, the for wor- some company that would just replace me if I dropped dead tomorrow? Absolutely. The World Economic Forum uh, proudly put up a video saying a Microsoft survey found 40, 41, uh, 30, uh, 30,000 people found 41% were planning on quitting their jobs or moving, changing careers. That's great. I think yeah. that's great. I actually think that's great. I think I, that's I, healthy. I, 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 not so much. Not so much. What do you it, think? It, it's 50-50. Um, let me ask you a question, Jack. How many people do you know uh, play, play guitar? I know a lot of people play guitar. How many people do you know uh, of those who play the guitar? How many of them are good at playing guitar? Handful. Handful. So, so what do you know? Like five, half a dozen. Half a dozen. Um, and how many people do you know who play guitar? Like, could you, could you? So we get a good sense of the ratio. God, maybe like 40, 50. 40 or 50 people. And about, would you say 
Half a dozen? Half a dozen. Are good at playing. Okay. Of the people who aren't good, how many of them do you think would quit their job if they had money from the government to try and make careers playing guitar? <laughs> a lot of them, right? Probably a lot of them, yeah. So, you know, I had a hey, friend. Hey, hey, hey. I'm a creator. Right. <laughs> I, had a, I had a friend who was like. And Matt, by the way, if, you're, if you are in any place and you're calling an actual musician a creator, like, just leave. Like, so just I, go I, out. I was arguing about UBI. And my friend was like, if people are getting a universal basic income, it'll be like, it'll be like ancient Rome, man. People right. will be free to explore. Well, this, this is in the expanse as well, art. by the way, right? Right. You know that, right? No, no. What is it? They have, so they get into it in the books more than the TV series of the expanse, but there actually is a UBI on earth in the expanse. Well, so. And I think I see where you're going. Well, so, so what I said was, it, this is the line I use exactly to debunk the idea that UBI creates this utopia. Right. I was like, if everybody was given the opportunity just to pursue passion, I asked them, how many people do you know play the guitar? How many of them are bad at guitar? Right. How many of those people would try to become rock stars if they had money sit, sitting around? The problem is not everybody is actually good at what they want to do. So. You got to find out what you are good at and make the best of it. Yeah, this actually is. So it kind of runs into a lot of the pop psychology that's out there of like, you know, follow your dreams. Um, Mike Rowe says, don't follow your dreams. Does he actually say that? I'm pretty sure Mike Rowe said, don't, he said, or something like, don't follow your passions. Yeah, find your passion, right? Find your passion. He said said something like, follow your talent. Is like the big, exactly. Find your talent, follow your talent. That is where, like, my brother and I, right? Great, just perfect example. He is straight up natural athlete. Like he's the kind of guy where you can give him a sport, um, whatever it is, literally whatever sport within 10 minutes, he's got it down. Like he can play at a basic level. And if he puts more time into it, like he'll be an all-star. Like he just like for me, like I could practice and I can train and I can get to like an average level, but he just has that natural, like the natural genetics and everything else to just be amazing at anything he does when it comes to that. Um, Whereas, like for me, like okay, I could spend all this time practicing, but I'm I just I'm not going to get to that level. You might like playing football, but you're not good enough to be a pro. Right. Some people try, and so this idea of UBI, you know, yeah, I think the, like the average person would wouldn't even last like a single down in an actual football let, let, game. Let, let, let me tell you something. You know, you know what happened during the lockdown? You'd go to Best Buy, and so we're we're doing the show. We need equipment, right? We have a show with with a million subscribers on one channel, and I go to Best Buy like we need to pick up some stream decks. And this is the, the the switcher we use for the cameras. Right, they're sold out. And I said, okay, well, do you have any capture cards? We're sold out. Why? Because everyone, everyone decided they wanted to be a streamer. Yeah. Now, now that you know, you know what really, really annoys the crap out of me is pop career. Right? Is the is the the idea of like, oh man, it was like when I was a kid, it was like I want to be a rock star. I'm like, no, you don't. You want to be famous and you want easy money. Right. You don't want to work and you don't want to do anything, but these are some of the hardest jobs. I, I, I've had so many people in my life. I had one person hit me up years ago, like, I really want to do what you do and report and, and, and make these videos. And I said, I'll tell you what, come hang out in New York, hang out with my friends. We'll get you set up. And then within a week, they were like, man, this sucks. I don't want to do this. this is hard. <laughs> oh, what did you want? I just wanted to like travel. You know what they do now? They bought a van and they drive around in it. Right. I'm like, yeah, you didn't want to do the hard work of reporting from conflict zones. You just wanted to like sit in front of a lake. Right. Go all, go ahead and do it. Get your van and go live down by the river. Hey man, no, no beef. But everybody, everybody just wants free money. That's what they really want. They don't want to work. 
Have you ever seen that subreddit? All, by the way, I'm all for um, downsizing. If people are into oh, absolutely, that, absolutely, absolutely. I, I think that's amazing. That I, I, I know that's like a new trend that's going on, and I think that people are using this sort of like digital nomadism combined with just hey, let's buy an RV and just live wherever we want to live. Right? That's great. And I, I that's great. Totally support that. Yeah. Have you seen the subreddit uh, anti work? No, What's it's that? literally a popular subreddit. It's because. You know, I gotta tell you. I haven't been going on Reddit as much. Young my people, my young, Reddit is, my Reddit hours are down. We, we are raising generation to generation of lazy, entitled people. So I don't wanna work. Work is wrong. Work is bad. Work is awesome. Work is great. I go out every day. I wake up in the morning and I do my, 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 my I read the news. I'm reading the news nonstop. Right. After I record my first segment in the morning, you know what I do? I go right to the chicken coop. I let the chickens out. I make sure I, I, wa- I spray down a little of chicken. Chickens are dirt, dirty birds. And then I check for the eggs, and then I go to the garden. And the garden, we're basically decommissioning because we're going to be cementing it over and moving it. But I'll take whatever vegetables we have left, which is basically a little bit of cherry tomatoes. I do work, 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 work. And that way I can have breakfast. I can have, I can have good, healthy breakfast. Work is fun. There's a lot of people who are like, work sucks because they view work as like – a, a, a menial minimum wage job, but your work is supposed to be something that you 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 are passionate about to an extent. I say, you know, to an extent in that you should you should feel accomplished in solving problems. You should feel accomplished in getting something done. Well, so you er- may not be able to follow your passion, but every job I've had, there's got to be a goal oriented accomplishment, and I think a lot of businesses probably suck at doing that. But this idea that people are are are, are th- they think work shouldn't exist. I'll tell you what. I've got an opportunity for you. There's two options if you don't want to work. The first, beautiful beaches, coconuts as far as the eye can see, an uninhabited island in the Caribbean. We'll put you there and you can not work all day and nights, see how it works out for you. And if that doesn't work out for you, I'll tell you what. I got a place we can bring you. That's, you're going to get three hot meals per day. <laughs> you're going to have, you're going to have a, a, a nice little uh, room all to yourself, no cost, medical expenses all taken care of. And it's called prison. Yep. <laughs> yeah. How's your bat? How's your, uh, some, you know, I got this, (laughs) so I don't know if you, you could see, but I brought this, I found this pillow just now, totally, (laughs) that was here, and now I've got, you, you bring the competition into my house. I've got the lumbar support. (laughs) Competition. That I always needed, this delightful and affordable MyPillow available. You see, you see, ladies and gentlemen. From MyPillow.com with promo code POSO. You see, in this house, we have the communist, our pillow. Which I see you aren't even using. Well, it's for everybody, so I can't claim it. Oh, anymore. right, because it's not yours. It <laughs> right. is ours. It's ours. It is ours. The and, cats and are running the together. He's laughing because they are. <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny is that I, I, I genuinely thought that uh, David Hogg's pillow company was going to be called Our Pillow because he kept saying Our Pillow. Yeah, he did keep saying that. But he, he meant it literally in the sense of like his pillow company, like him and his friend, it, it, when he said Our, he was referring to them. What I did they end up calling it? Good Pillow. Good and then, no, and then nothing happened. Nothing <laughs> happened. He like could, no, because he, could, he kept saying, he kept saying he wanted to find like a socialist factory or something. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't exist. And then he was saying, I just want to get a socialist pro-union factory. Why is it so hard to do it in, in the United States of America? <laughs> and then he couldn't figure it out. Because <laughs> you voted for the Democrats. And meanwhile, Mike Lindell's over there just kind of like, hey, uh, our pillars are still available. You can, you can buy them right now. He's like, we got them. the sheets made from Giza, Egypt, and they're the best. I, I bought a bunch of towels recently because we need we need towels for the house for like you know gas and stuff. So uh, uh, you know I bought a bunch of towels and uh, promo code POSO. Yeah, boy, super cheap. 
It they actually I think it was a forty nine ninety nine for the set. The, cheap is the wrong word. Inexpensive. Inexpensive, yeah. yeah. Comfortable. I actually I actually posted a, a promo code for the um just for the towels uh the other day. Or no, no, it was the sheets. It was for the sheets this morning. Uh, I think they're both going for forty nine. Yeah. Um, yeah, check it out because like, I don't want to get you know, I, screwed up can, on that. But I, somebody actually said they're like, "Are you sure that's right?" Because I think that's too low. And I'm like, <laughs> I, "They send me the numbers to post, right? I just post it." You, so you know the Freedom Phone, sure, right? I, I, I do. Have, you have a promo code with them, right? I do. Yeah, you're, you're doing, you're, you're doing yeah. And I saw you had Eric on uh, the other night. We had, we had him on, and one of the big criticisms is that the Freedom Phone. Oh, he got lit up. I know it's hilarious. He got lit up when that came out. For those that are familiar, the Freedom Phone is uh, uh, it's it's this guy made a phone company that has a bunch of censored apps on it, and the goal is to make it uncensorable. What that really means is it's a more free speech oriented phone. The services on it will that he says not censored. Which, you. by the way, guys, you know, I mean, Eric doesn't. This isn't a money grab, right? He yeah, doesn't. He, he does not need well. you know to do this. But they they complained that it was a Chinese phone. And they're all laughing like, oh, it's just a Chinese phone. You mean like all phones? What's he supposed to do? In, is he supposed to start a, f- a phone factory in America? I mean, he could. That's and a, I think he actually was able to find one in Hong Kong. He found one. Yeah, he said he found that one wasn't, in Hong Kong. That wasn't mainland. And then, uh, and then he mentioned there was another factory. And I was like, he was like, we have this one. We have Umidigi in Hong Kong. And there's another factory that does the surplus orders. Like, what's it called? And he's like, I, I can't say the name. And I was like, why not? And he's like, it's an Asian word I can't say. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you literally can't say the name. Oh, like not I, that I, he was restricted from saying it. Oh, he should have he he called me. I well, he said he's going to put it up with, uh, so everyone can see what it is because he's not trying to like hide it. He's just like, can't say it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it was funny to see the media complaining. What's funny because Umiji, that's not, a, that's not a Chinese word. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's, it's a corporate word. Sounds, it actually sounds more Korean. They, com- they complain that his phone, they mock him for making, having a Chinese phone. What, what, what do these people think is happening? As they type what, on their Googles and their Androids. And right, their right, right, right. Everything is. These factories don't exist in this country. Lenovo. And so and, you, you right. get David Hogg, and he's like, we're going to make a good pillow. It's going to be called Good Pillow, and we're going to find a good, strong American factory with a good union. And I'm like, good luck, dude. I was trying. So I did the uh, the graphic novel a couple of years ago. Um, we did the Agent Poso graphic novel, and we wanted to do. We got it was great. We did three figures with it. It was awesome. Ton of support. Actually, there's a, a Comic Con going on right now, in, in it's gonna be next week in Temple, Texas, and I can't go, which sucks. There are like twenty seven thousand people coming wow. with because um, we've now signed with um, Iconic Comics, oh, and cool. the, so they're running it. So like they put they put <laughs> Agent Poso for all the press who has to go. So all and this is like like mainstream. Um, like video game and comic press are all going and all the press badges have the agent Poso no as the logo. Way. Yeah. Wow. So they have like 300 press badges and it's all agent <laughs> Poso on it. It's awesome. That's and, great. But I can't go cause I'm, I'm booked for, it's actually my cousin's wedding on like the same oh. day and I literally can't go and I'm so bummed. Um, but it's going to be very, I'll tell you, I'll very trolling. But, but, you, but to go back, one of the pieces of merch that I wanted to have with this whole thing was I said, Hey, let's do like, Remember the old G.I. Joes, like the really old ones that didn't have like the articulated arms. It was just or the elbows and everything. It was just like like the old Star Wars figures. Like it was just like one solid piece, like it was like one solid piece. And then the arms and legs would move. And right. that's it. So I was like, there's got to be a company out there that does like retro action figures. Right. And I want to get like a retro action figure agent Poso, like do one of me. And then like my wife was in it. My son was in it. And. I could, and I and I told everybody beforehand. I said I I don't want any of this stuff made in China. I want all the stuff made in the USA, right? Don't you know? I don't want to be like there was another conservative who was doing an apparel line that you know ended up getting made in China, and she got in a lot of trouble with that. And I was like, I don't want to be her. So they were like, dude, and my business partner came back to me. He was like, dude, 
you're not getting an action figure made in the United States. Right. And I was like, that's BS, man. I'm going to find one. I'm going to go on. I'm going to go. I spent like two weeks trying to find any action figure. Cause you'd think that there'd be a huge market for like eighties action figures, retro. Hey, like let me 3d print one of like me and my buddies and little action figures. Nothing doesn't exist. You know what you All could? China. I bet, I bet uh, you could easily hire a bad guitar player for uh, <laughs> to come and serenade you, though. Precisely. Yeah. yeah easily. The people. So, uh, by the way, if know, anyone they, out there is handy with the 3D printing and you know can do that at scale, you know, economically, hit me up because I'd still do it. So, so it sounds like I should just uh, buy one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the the America. It seems like uh, America is, is this in this illusory state. People seem to think that it's still this, you know, was it the shining city on the hill? We don't have factories anymore. We don't have jobs anymore. We don't make stuff anymore. You know, and... We complain a lot. When you talk about America standing on the international stage with all the controversy about the Olympics and the Olympic team right now, and not even to get into any one of the specifics, but you just, you you look at, when I was a kid, we had the dream team. You remember that, 1992? That was the first year they allowed professionals to play on the Olympic team. Because we, I think the U.S. had gotten spanked by the Soviets the year before or two years before or something. And they were like, all right, None, or I guess the Olympics before, because it's at least the yeah. Union then. And they said, all right, we're going to allow professionals. And then you had like Jordan and Scottie Pippen <laughs> and Charles Barkley yep. and Carl Malone, Patrick Ewing, et cetera. Like they're all that Larry Bird and they're, they're all there on one team. Right. And they just dominate they're the most dominant team ever put together. Right. But then you look at Magic Johnson was on the team and then you go. And you just look at the caliber of like Olympic athletes and it's just kind of, it's, it's get woke, go broke, man. In our standing in the work and, and this, this woke stuff doesn't fly on the international stage. So here in the United States, you have to kind of make this performative, you know, agreement, this adherence. Logan Paul, of course, he bends the knee to, you know, Kendiism, CRTism. And it, you sort of have to, it's like in China where you have to say, oh yeah, I support the CCP, whether you do or not, right? right, right, right. You have to say it because that is your theory of the state. Well, our, the theory of our state now has almost become, so it used to be that, uh, I can remember within living memory that if somebody botched, I think it was Lady Gaga, like botched the, the national anthem at something and she was ridiculed for it. Right. I mean, it was a huge deal. Now, it's considered positive and laudatory to ridicule the national anthem and to protest it. Well, let's right? let's let's, let's uh, and talk. On the, na- on the international stage, you can see the decline of America as a nation. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Simone Biles? Simone Biles. I mean, it. so I don't know Simone Biles. I don't know her story. I'm sure she has one. I'm a Catholic. I, I pray for her the same way I pray for everybody else. I think I think she actually is Catholic. I might be wrong about that, but I think she is. Um, and she dropped out. Well, I think, I think she issue, got pulled out. The issue for me, did she pull or did she get dropped? I she think. She took herself out. Yeah. I, I thought she took herself out. And now out. she's out completely, I right. guess. And so I think, the know. issue for me, though, is why is it as a society now I'm told, right? Right. And I, I pray for her. I, I pray for Simone Biles. But at the same time, I'm not going to go to my son and say that you should make your role model. She's a Catholic. 
I've heard she is Catholic, right? Yeah. I, I thought I was right. But I think she wore a medal, a miraculous medal, at one yeah. point. Um, that's how I knew. And um, my brother posted something. And I'm not going to go to my son and say, hey, let's celebrate someone for not accomplishing. That's where we've been going for a long time with the um, honor roll mention, the participation trophies, that kind of right. thing. So uh, Simone Biles, man, uh, she's best of the best. I mean, she's she's incredible. She landed, uh, in, in I guess, in qualifier. They got mad because she did that double Yurichenko or whatever it was called. I'm not a gymnastics person. Well, the idea saw- was that it was it, she had surpassed the previous skill level and they didn't even have a skill level for right. the, the the feat that she attempted so and she they, wouldn't gain she, she would get right. her name in the book for like a maneuver or whatever and so she's doing really really well but uh she flubbed a few moves then because of her mental health pulled out that is that is that is an indication of the failure of our culture that you would have an olympic athlete having those mental issues like not getting I mean, proper training isn't just your, 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 your body. It's your mind and your body. And so a breakdown of an athlete is a failure across the board. It's, it's a, right. I, I mean, I take this as an indictment of the entire social strata yeah. that put her into that position, that puts us all into this position. And then but we then celebrate look, it. Right. You look at the response of the actual story here isn't Simone Biles. The actual story is that if you were a journalist in sports today and you said something that went against the grain and said that you you disagreed with that decision or that you don't celebrate what happened, you would lose your job. You know what I'm you sick of? You would lose your job in America today. I'm sick of the hive mind, man. You know, Char- if you went Char- against the hive, you're done. Charlie Kirk, he 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 was he was recording his podcast and he said that Simone Biles gave a gift or something to the Russians, something like that. And then I just oh, see- I think yeah, the Russians got the gold medal, yeah, I believe, yeah. right. And then I see a bunch of these posts where everyone's like, Charlie's so dumb. Like, Phil DeFranco comes out and like, Charlie's a dick. And I'm like, shut up, dude. Phil, listen, you don't know anything about Charlie, okay? He's, got, he's a guy with an opinion. All this is is people with, with no opinions who don't actually care and have any thoughts of their own wading into stupid drama. Let me, let me tell you something. If somebody wants to opine on Simone Biles, who is like the cream of the crop, the best of the best in the Olympics, and she bails out for mental health issues, and they have a negative view of that, I say, interesting. Am I going to make a video where I'm like, oh, that Charlie Kirk? Who cares? Charlie Kirk's a commentator. Opining on op- opinions is the stupidest thing ever. But out of the woodwork comes every stupid person who's like, I've got nothing better to say but then to just rag on a guy who had an opinion about a thing, which is totally irrelevant to the Olympics and the conversation. Right, but that... that- hive mind provoked response is actually quite useful for us because it is revealing to us in its response to defend itself we are seeing the contours of the hive mind in and of itself i just you know i re- i despise npcs it's just you know i've i just the, the the conformists who don't read who don't learn who don't think who just say tell me what to do i've never been i've never been in favor of that i grew up when I was younger, I, I I wouldn't say that I was like, you know, the punks get mad when I'm like, oh, I listen to punk. He's like, no, you didn't name a band. And I'm like, shut up, name a band, the virus or whatever. Hanging out with a bunch of people who played a bunch of crazy punk music. And the main thing was we were anti-establishment. We were skateboarders. We were running from cops and security guards. And we said, the system is broken. We don't care. And your, your rules are stupid. Screw your, your, your conformity. And now what we have are these people on the left who still think they're punk rock. Right. They are as anti-punk rock as you can get. Charlie Kirk is trending on Twitter. And I look at it, I'm like, why? Why do these people care about Charlie Kirk? They don't. What they care about is virtue signaling. Letting everybody know, I'm cool, I'm part of the tribe too, so I'm going to talk about this guy that's not relevant to the Olympics. It's a waste of my time. 
if, if, if I want to bring up something about Simone Biles, I don't even think I'm relevant to the conversation. If people want to listen to what I have to say about it, they can, but she's the center state. She's, she's the center focus of this. I think it's really bad that we're celebrating. There was a, there was a, there was like a news article where it's like, why, why is it in, in today's society, we want to celebrate mental health as if that is something in itself which should be celebrated rather than achievement for achievement's sake? Because we are losing our mental health. It used to be that we had our mental health. We were resilient. We were mature. We could deal with crises and hardship. And we could do it with a, with a straight face. Right. The, I, the opposite of mental disorder is mental resilience. Do you, do you, do you, you, you were, you were in the Navy. You were in a submarine, right? Uh, I would spend some time on a sub. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever been on a, on a naval vessel during a crisis? Um, training and well, yeah, I guess you could say, you uh, ever, you ever, you ever I've s- been in some heightened situations you, on you, a naval vessel. You ever see a general? Just start like breaking down saying, I'm, I'm going to leave the battle because of my mental health. This is not something I can be dealing with right now. And they're well, like, that's you know, honorable I, general. Good for you. Well, you don't see that on Twitter every day now with these generals. Oh yeah, I know. Mark Milley, man, that guy lost his Mark mind. Milley, this guy, Pat Donahoe, who said, you're being a shill for Putin. If you say I'm asking about <laughs> he, by the way, private, you know, set his account to private today. Oh right, wow. Right, these guys can't handle a Twitter war. How could they actually ever handle a real war? Could you imagine taking one of these? You know, Look, you know, I think man. I said this last time I was on here, but the and I, I do this to to make a point. The U.S. Navy would not be prepared to defend Taiwan in a scenario if China wanted to take it tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah they yeah, would lose. They would lose, and imagine what that would do to the American psyche overnight. To lose in a state-on-state conflict like that, a near-peer competitor, they cheer for where. It. You'd have half the country – well, you'd have half the country cheering for it, but think of the American right and think of the conservative Americans and even think of like a lot of just sort of the, you know, kind of normie Americans out there. You're sort of like, hey, I'm just kind of going through life and doing my thing. America's the best, et cetera, right? When you're told you are not the best and you understand that your system is not No, I, I, don't, I, I think the average person won't care. I think the average Democrat will be like, hey, it's none of our business. Good for China. And they would cheer it on. And they would say, you know, it's actually a good thing that China has reclaimed Taiwan because, you know, uh, it's, we shouldn't be meddling in their affairs. All of a sudden becoming anti-war in that, in that regard. You would see regular people. Let me be clear. I don't want to go to war with China. No, no, no. I, know, <laughs> no, I, know. I really don't. But you would see regular people say, oh, I, I've had too many conversations with, with, with regular people when I lived in New York. You know, people who don't pay attention to politics. So they may write regular people. Politically uninitiated. And I'll be like, so uh, that Obama, yeah, one of the first things he did when he got into office was he bombed a Pakistani village, killing like 23 women and children. And they go, oh. I'm like, do you care? No. Well, no, but here's the difference, right? Here's what I think is different, is that it's not about, to the average American, it wouldn't be about Taiwan. It would be about America clearly and definitively losing a war. Yeah, but which is something that if, lot, if China goes, you know, for you look at a lot of wars like eighteen twelve. Did the U.S. really win that? You know, not so much. Well, everybody claims. You know, they claim that they claim the U.S. Has, has never lost a war. But how tenable is that at this point, right? Regular people, here's what I think would happen: China will move to take Taiwan. They'll they'll go from the air. They'll take out the the you know any opposition on the ground. They'll they'll beach the the, the island, and they'll take it over, and it'll be big breaking news. And then the left will claim to have some expertise. All these stupid Twitter people who don't actually read and see Facebook memes will be like, well, here's what I think about Taiwan. I don't care what you think about Taiwan. And then regular people are going to be like, huh. And then something will happen. Their computers will double in cost or triple in cost or just become unavailable Because what does Taiwan have? Chips. 
all your microchips, your semiconductors, your transistors, that entire industry, right? And by the way, I wish this wasn't the situation. I wish that a lot of that was onshored to the United States. But again, by policy, since the 1990s, we've been offshoring all this stuff. San Diego, by the way, San Diego was the birthplace of this industry, and all of it was shipped overseas to Taiwan yeah. and Korea. Yep. Right? All of this was was This country has gone. been extracted. Dylan Radigan said it a long time ago, maybe not in the same context, but a similar context. The country has been extracted. You know what I think happened? I think 2008 was a wake-up call for a lot of people, a lot of Democrats. You know, look, you, you look at Bernie Sanders in 2008, and he's like, we need a border barrier. Open borders are a bad thing. You see Hillary yeah. Clinton and Pelosi and Biden. They're all like, we must build a border barrier. Illegal, illegal immigration is bad. And then the economic collapse happened, and they said, well, we just hit an iceberg. I'm going to try and steal as much silverware as possible before I get on a life raft. Right. And so the idea of the Obama administration, and they're quite open about this. If you actually look at what the uh, the national security advisors and the deputy national security advisors, Ben Rhodes, et cetera, have actually said in their own writings, they said since the United States is in what we're what we're putting it into is a managed decline. Right. We know that we are going to need help from our peers in other regions of the world to be able to enforce things. So why should we be the ones who are enforcing international norms and international laws? Maybe China can help us out. Maybe maybe we can pass off some of this responsibility to China when it comes to the, to the Asia. There's a life draft, a life raft for everybody, in my opinion. And uh, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money. Take financial advice from somebody else. But I think it's Bitcoin. Right. So, again, We've been put on this path by policy, right? That's clear. We don't have to be on it, right? We, we can get off of it. We can, we can write the ship. You know, this, this has all gone on within the last 30 years. That's right. not that much time, right? We can actually make these decisions. However, people need to understand that there are massive economic interests in between us writing the ship or staying on this path towards managed decline and serfdom and a, a, the rise of a new peasant slave class of the, the underlings, right? The under society, right? So you have an over society that's pushing for all these things to happen. They are stateless. They are multinational. Uh, they're tied in with the CCP. They're tied in with everything else. And they want you to be the, the consumer, right? Your job is to consume. Uh, you are like if you watch Wally, right? You know you're right. The, you're the guy who's sitting there and you're in your chair and you don't even have a my pillow and <laughs> you're you're hooked up to the machine what and an you're, you're you're tweeting and there's there's actually this great that's why they don't talk about Wally that much anymore because I think it was too real and uh, a lot of Christian uh, sim, um, yeah, symbolism Eve. in there Eve and it's like an ark right of right. humanity. Um, where there's this joke as Wally's going around, everyone's in a blue suit, but he, he turns them into red when they, they become activated. And then there's this running gag of like, wait, we have a pool, right? And they, they kind of realize that so their screens go off and they realize instead of just trending and they're just comment, it's Facebook, right? So they're yeah. all just commenting on like the minutia of day to day life and they have no bones. They have no, yeah, they have no bones. Then, and, and they have like slushies that are, you know, ordered to their, their uh -huh. cart whenever they need it. And then suddenly the, you know, they start realizing, like, hey, we're, we're in outer space. Like, this is pretty cool. And we have a pool. We're on a nice ship. We can you, you know talk I, to each other. You know why I don't think Wally would happen? In one, one, one aspect, that everyone being... We'd never be able to make a ship that works? No, 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 no. Um, there's a physiological uh, addiction to athletics, you know, to, 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 to sports and to exercise. So while certainly a lot of people well, get addicted some to... people, maybe. For sure. But, but there, the, like, the idea that every single person would be overweight just floating around on chairs, there's a lot of people who would get that hit that dopamine that runners high and maybe so, those people refuse to get on the ship 
Yeah, I guess. No, we'll just die here on Earth or something. We're just gonna die here with the trash piles, man. The trash piles. You're not gonna take us out. You know, you know what? That was I, me I, doing, I, that was I'll me filling in for Ian for a let minute. Me, there. Let me tell you, I think, uh. Graphene. I think, uh. We get the the gra- first we get the graphene, okay? Is that how you think Ian sounds? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kind of doing a character at that point. He's like, dude, graphene. He's not, he's not that bad. Yeah. He's, not <laughs> he's probably watching. Bad. He's like, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I don't sound like that. Uh, you know what, man? You know, here's my, here's my prediction. I've been saying this for a while. Uh, vaccines will be mandatory in my opinion. It's going to be like this. Uh, you'll that's, go to, that's, I think everyone knows that's coming from the military, right? No, like no. For, I, I'm, I'm saying forever. I'm not even like breaking news. I'm saying news, everyone. Right? You know why? Here's what will happen. In maybe 20 years, you'll, you'll go to the DMV. You're, you're, you're getting your license updated or whatever. Or you're, you're getting your ID for the first time and they'll go, uh, I need a birth certificate, social security card. I need your vaccination card and a, a, a bill with your address on it. And they'll go, oh, yep, I got it all right here. And they'll go, okay. And then they'll type it. I'm like, here's your ID. It'll be a part of the process like normal. Like we saw with that photo of the airport. Is that a, is that a real photo? You see that where it's like in Canada? That was my buddy John Dutois who worked on um, we were a ton of film projects together. And he said it wasn't his photo, but someone had sent it to him. He's Canadian. Um. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I haven't, I haven't fact-checked it, but it and shows he, he said that's it, it, it was a separate airport line. Coming into Canada, so a Canadian customs line, one for vaccinated, one for unvaccinated. Yeah, uh, de Blasio said the voluntary phase is over. I mean, this so, reminds me of uh, Gattaca. Remember the valids and the invalids? <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Oh, that's everything. But, but, but I bring this everything. up because the, 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 to paint a picture of this future where Americans don't make stuff. Americans are like Wally, but you know, not like floating around in hover chairs. We don't have hover chairs, but they're mostly going to do nothing. They're becoming more and more obese. They don't work. They get free money from the government. It is a managed decline. Giving people this money, you know, is, Tesla said this in the 1920s. What managed decline? No, he said that we that um, we will reach a point with materialism where the average person lives as if they're in a bee colony. He predicted bugmen. I think the unemployment benefits are them lowering down people into economic collapse they're, they're they're trying to hold you back from from you know going nuts as the economy implodes while they shuffle off overseas their assets and resources oh yeah and they buy a bitcoin and things like that and then you're sitting here going like well i'm getting my money and then one day rug gets pulled out from under you and you are a surf that's where i think we're going you were talking about the chickens but everybody needs to pay attention where are your eggs Right. What basket do you have your eggs in? Right. They, we talk about our nest egg. We talk about all these different things that we have planned for us. Right. St- start thinking about that now. Right. Start thinking about that. In your 20s. Max out your 20s as much as possible. Absolute as much as possible. When it, whenever someone comes to me and I just did the um, I was at the turning point, the like the student event they had in Tampa. And, uh, you know, with all the controversy, Brandy, um, yeah. that, uh, and people would come on, they said, you know, what, what advice would you give if we're just getting started? You know, and these are like high school kids saying this. And I say, just, just max out. Just you, you are in right now. You're, you are at the time of your life. Do not rest in, don't keep it in neutral, right? You need to be pedal to the metal through your teenage years, through your twenties, and then figure out where you're going to go, right? So that by the time you're in your thirties, you're just grinding. Right, your 30s should all be about just grinding, 
grind in and then then at that point you can start to slow down you ever uh are you do you do you follow uh do you use instagram a bit yeah yeah do you uh i'm on the gram do you like uh, adventure content hiking travel stuff at all sure so i some so I, i there's like three kinds of videos that i watch it is there's three kinds of things recommended to me typically political comics Mostly adventure content. Oh, you mean like when you hit the, uh, right, the search, search thing? Yeah. And action sports. Scootering, right. blading, snowboarding, snowboarding. Nice. And you know what I'm just so sick of? Avicii the Knights. You ever hear that song? No. Go on Instagram. Search for But I like, probably have. I just don't know the you, name you of have, it. Yeah. If, if you get recommended these videos, that the reels of like yeah, you know, in reels, yeah. hiking and skydiving and, and parachuting, I swear like, what's it, like nine out of ten videos mm. uses that song. <laughs> and it's just so corny. But you know what? It really bums me out because it shows you like just how generic everyone is. Right. They're like they, – everybody thinks they're this beautiful, unique snowflake. And you know, you know, you know the phrase snowflake? You know where it comes from? Fight Club? That's the, that's the line. We all thought you know, we were these beautiful – our parents said we were unique snowflakes. We're not. Right. You thought you were going to be a rock star. You're not. These people make these videos that are all just so generic. And man, is it depressing. To see everybody just cranking out generic, same old, same old stuff. stuff. We don't make stuff anymore, man. We don't make stuff. That's what NPCs is, right? I'm going to make stuff. I got a 3D printer. It's not creative. We're going to make weird stuff. It it is more every... It's like every movie now is stuck in like rerun mode. Like every time I go to watch a movie, I feel like I've seen this. We went to see the new uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie. The new... uh, um, Where they're on the beach. It's like old. Um, Yeah. And it just like... It was awful. It actually wasn't that bad. I'd give it a B. But, oh, okay. Hey, I'm surprised. But and and I hated Glass, his last one. I absolutely really? hated that. I like that one. I didn't like it at all. I just I thought I felt it ruined the the legacy of Unbroken. I liked it. Um, or Unbreakable. And yeah. Unbreakable was good though. Is it's the best yeah. superhero movie ever made? Right. Um, the the only thing with with. The film, though, is like I just felt like I'd seen it before. Like I felt it was like going through the motions and it was like predictable. Yeah. You kind of know going into it that, hey, it's a beach where everybody gets old really fast. That's the movie. And that's it. That's the whole movie. Yeah. And, you know, no spoiler alerts. But yeah. like there's this is this is another question. Like, I, th- there isn't even any big like it's just the characters go through the movie. Like you just that's it. There's no reveal. Uh, I mean, do you want... Like, no, whatever. We'll, we'll, uh, I'm, people, people can see it, but I'm just saying that walking out of it, I was like, okay. I don't feel like I got anything out of that movie that I didn't see in the trailer. Versus, like, I then went and saw... Um, I was on the flight back home from Phoenix, and I was watching The Forever Purge. And, you know, say what you want about, if, you know, those Purge movies. And they're all they're all insane, right? They're all crazy. <laughs> but, like, you don't know how it's going to end. Right. right? You right. have never... and You have no clue what's going to happen. That's why they make so many of them, I guess. Right, exactly. Well, let's go to Super Chats. All Let's right. See what the people have to super chat. If you haven't already, give us those super chats and smash that like button. And apparently now, CCP Delinda Est. CCP Delinda Est. What? What, what is CCP that? CCP must take down the CCP. Oh, okay. In Latin. Um, there's there's a, a super thanks now. I guess you can super thank us. Wait, I thought you said it was only the. I don't know if it's only, but I think it's basically super chat for regular videos. Okay. So you can like leave a comment, but pay, and it appears at the top. Whatever. It's it's super comments. I guess. I Amazing. Call it super thanks. But uh, I guess people, you know, you know what this is going to do. I think people are going to advertise on videos. They're going to go onto a video that's got a lot of views, and they're going to start outbidding each other for the top spot, and they're going to be promoting their brand. I'm going to have my pillow promos on all of you videos <laughs> after this, Tim. I hope you know. Well, I'll tell you this: if you they'll be paying spent for themselves, and you made more. I would gladly accept the humble pillow merchant's comments. That I, I am but a humble pillow merchant. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, see. What we got 
so this is the most comfortable episode I've ever done. Oh, look at this guy going for the lumbar support. I, got, I, I have to be honest; these are great chairs. Oh they're, wow, they're that's awesome. actually really this. So this is this is the the supreme firmness on this one. Oh really? Um, yeah, because actually Tanya got us a bunch of them, and so she did like <laughs> did like a random my pillow. Uh, like so, there's different firmness levels you can yeah. get. But this is key, by the way, and I am going to say this and. You have to put your my pillows through one cycle in the dryer really? when you first purchase them. There is a little card that says you need to do this. Really? And it kind of it, it activates the interlocking foam on the inside. Oh, Otherwise okay. they're kind of and like I get all these comments every once in a while, maybe like ten percent, they'll say, Oh man, it's all it, this is so limp, this is it's the worst sack full of pack of peanuts, you know, what's <laughs> going on? It's like, did did you throw out the little card that said that guys put it through the dryer just That's one time not even like 15 minutes is enough doesn't even need to be like the full 45 or whatever just, just to clarify for everybody these chairs actually did come with these like lumbar support things that were not that good the chairs are great these are great chairs by boston but everybody basically was like i don't need this thing in my back uh, so this, you end this, up actually with the pillow this is quite nice well, <laughs> i'm not gonna lie this is actually pretty we'll, we'll steal it from you and we'll keep it no way man this is my we'll right post on it oh, i'll fight you for it <laughs> all right let's see what we got here Jacqueline Pierce says, hi, Tim. I sent an email earlier to see if you're hiring an archivist. Please hire me. Ooh. Uh, I, I don't know what an archivist would do. What would, what would so I think an archivist is like someone who's kind of they're, – they're archiving you. They're oh. archiving the show, the story. Oh, I see. It's almost like someone's writing a daily journal in real time for huh. you. I don't know if that's – if we need that, but that would be kind of cool to have like a library of content and stuff like that. Right. So it's like keywords. something that like – you know, one day when all of this is over, it will all like the whole story of. We don't need an archivist, but we need fact checkers. We need a, a, a fact checker slash frame checker. So this is somebody who's going to go through a story and then be like, "Hey, I think frame checker is important, right?" I don't, I you know, because that's one thing the media doesn't do. They don't fact check anymore either. So, but frame checking is important because you know someone could write. Uh, well, you, you, I guess you get the point if you say. That uh, uh, the Republicans are trying to pl- pass a voter suppression bill. That's framing. Right. When I was actually my, my favorite one of these of all time. Uh, I forget who it was, but someone somebody wrote. Um, they wrote controversial University of Toronto professor uh, Jordan Peterson, right. and someone was like, "Wait a minute, why right? is he controversial?" His, but not even that is. There's no position called the controversial professor at the University of Toronto <laughs> Psychology Department. Right, it's right. just professor. So why did you add that? So adding that word is a framing device. Oh, this is, so so yeah, we need a, a frame and, and fact checker. But I'll look at the resumes over at jobs. Uh, you can email jobs at timguest.com. Conti one two three says, Tim, can you look into California banning gaming PCs due to it due to its high power usage? The fridge uses more power than a PC. Yeah, I heard that. I saw the headlines. Well, I yeah. think it's Bitcoin. I think I th- you, saw you think El- they're linking him. Elizabeth Warren yeah. came out and she was like, "There's a bunch of shadowy coders who are going to have control of the money." No, that's not true. It's open source. They're going after the Crazy gamers lady. now. They're going well, after the gamers. Gaming PCs are used for uh, right. money. Yeah, so they're going to try and shut it all down. The uh, I'll say this, you know, and I know there's people that I know Peter Thiel's like not big on Bitcoin, um, but I think there's a lot. I think the establishment is. Is freaked out about Bitcoin. Absolutely. I, I, I don't think, I actually disagree with Peter Thiel on that one. I don't think Bitcoin is a Chinese plot or anything like that. I actually think that it is something, right? And this, by the way, people get confused and they say, like, well, is it a good store of value? You know, it's not about being a, like, it, like, it's not an investment. 
right? You, ha- you can't think of it that way. It is a currency that is separate from the federal system. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. A current, call it whatever you want. It's a, it's a system of value in whatever capacity. Right. It's a system of value, yeah. right? You're not... The people look at it as investment property. Okay, yeah. Like, it, you know, it goes look, up and it goes down, but that's not the way to think I don't about think, it. I don't think Peter Thiel is paying attention all that much. Because if he was, I, I, I've, I've... Well, because... Up until a couple of months ago, China was like super into Bitcoin and they were using sure, like sure, sure. oil rigs. But I mean, rigs I mean, I'm so. talking about the culture war and what's happening with kids and critical race applied principles. Like the dude could snap his fingers and create a functioning news outlet. He nukes Gawker and there's and and there's and now Gawker's back. Well, yeah, but it's it's a, it's a skin suit worn by other. But they're gonna they're gonna be as creepy as Gawker was anyway. It's Gawky. It's a skin yeah. suit like the new Star Wars and the new Human and the, they're all Peter, they're all skin Peter, suits. Peter Thiel, you know, he he's the, he's the the the, the He's the guy, man. He went after Gawker. He, he like, is. He was like, we're not going to play this fake news game. He could snap his fingers and create 10 independent news outlets that did real journalism. Peter, let's do it, man. What do you think? Look, you know, I, I'll be honest. It's not so easy to do. So, so he could figuratively snap his fingers and that he has the resources and the wealth to do it. And he does know people who could do it. But I, I'm surprised when I see very p- prominent and wealthy individuals who are critical of the media ecosystem and do nothing to fund it. There's a handful of people I can well, to name fund, right now. Well, to fund an alternate ecosystem. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to donate to, to contribute to, to invest in. I'm not going to pretend it's an easy thing to do. So even though I'm kind of like, they could do it, well, you know, they would need to find someone they trusted. But there's a lot of really wealthy people that absolutely could be like, I want to see real journalism get done. What can we do? And then just do ask somebody, hey, look into some people. Let me know who you like. But not only that, some of these high-profile personalities promote journalists they do like and trust. I'm like, well, then fund them. Give them money to hire people and expand their operations. You know what? I'll tell you this. Fortunately for us, we launched this website, TimCast.com. Got so many people to sign up and make sure you become a member that uh, I was flabbergasted. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I couldn't believe it. Um, I think... Uh, well, I'll, I'll spare the details in that in, in a certain regard. I'll say this. We, we, we gained so many members instantly that I was like, I guess we're launching a company from this, you know, because otherwise I wouldn't know what to do with the memberships. I'm not just going to do bonus segments and then have this, this, this capital. And I was like, no, we're going to hire journalists, man. We're going to, we're going to take this, these resources and put it to incredible use. What am I going to buy? Do I need a, a my own massive gym or like uh, uh, what I don't know theme park or spaceship? Finish spaceship? No. If I was going to buy something, yes. and someone said you can buy a uh, uh, you know a Ferrari or you can buy a year of good journalism, I'd be like, oh, did you see good journalism, you, dude? Was it Virgin? I think was saying that the 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 price was like less than a Ferrari to fly on it. Oh, to fly into space or whatever? Yeah. Oh. But it was only like a couple they're do, of... They're, they're doing rocket planes. It was only like a couple of minutes. So I was like, right. yeah, I, I don't know if I'd pay that much for just a couple of minutes. What, 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 I'm pretty sure Virgin is doing rocket planes, where yeah. the, the plane goes up, gets real close, and then rocket thrusts into orbit, and then That's comes right. back down. That's right. All right, let's see what we got. Nicholas Lipset says, on, on your video of evictions, a former friend of mine lived with me f- in, for college in a house my family owned. He moved to another city, refused to pay rent, and bought a new car. Screwed us out of 3K+. Yikes. 
David Kachanowicz says, in honor of Ian, insert the Federal Reserve comment here. That's right, everybody. Pour out a super chat for Ian. He is, wah, he is wah, sick today. Making too much bread. Not the Rona, though. Just so everybody knows. Not the Rona. Not the Rona. I, Sir Toast, says, or, oh, it's just Sir Toast. Fourth super chat. Net revenue five minutes before the show starts. Someone knocked on my door offering the COVID jab. They are going door to door in MN now. Time for me to move. Really? Oh, you got to move. You just tell offering no, right? it or like offering you a chance to sign up for it. I don't know. I, I think th- have you seen the video from North Carolina? They're administering the vaccine on the porch. Wow. Do you see that video of the, the, the army guys walking to a 7-Eleven and giving the vaccine to a guy working there? I'm like, dude. This is a, <laughs> optics. I, 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 so, <laughs> like uh, optics, right? Google announced that they're going to mandate vaccines for their employees. Right. I said, I wonder what will happen if people refuse. I wonder how many people refuse and quit. Cameron Kasky says there will be a bunch of job openings for people who aren't stupid. And I was like, and there's going to be a lot of people who can't get the vaccine and then don't, uh, you know, lose their jobs. And then, of course, cue the childish lack of wisdom response from many people, including Cameron. You mean to tell me you're saying there will be no medical exemptions? I just, child, friend, what do you think a medical exemption is? Do they think that you can walk up and say, I hereby assert a medical exemption? They say, okay, you can come on in. No. No, they're going to be like, okay, here's our list of exemptions. And one of the, many of the things won't be covered because exemptions don't cover everything. If they did, people would just all claim it. So it'll happen. There are some medications that can cause, say, uh, severe tendonitis. You, they might say, we're not going to exempt you from this medication because of the side effects. You might say, well, I have an underlying uh, health health condition that I could get this, but I'm concerned about the risk. So I'm going to choose not to. Well, well there, was, not that gr- to, you're there was that girl at uh, BYU who had she had the um, what do you call it? Gillies Bowers um, syndrome. And she's like, I, I can't take it. They, they've told me that this is, you know, one of the well, main no, no, side no. effects. But if you can't take it, that is understood with medical exemptions. What if uh, you might what if it's, what if it's a woman who might be pregnant? And so they say, you must get the vaccine. Do you have any underlying health conditions that would prevent you from getting the vaccine? No, but I might be pregnant. Or what it will take it back. They're trying to get pregnant. Right. And the doctors, my understanding, have advised, okay, well, then you shouldn't get it. Right. So now they're like, uh, I I think trying is is, is not as good of an example as maybe because she doesn't know. And now they say you have no choice, not you have no confirmed pregnancy. So you're not exempt. Okay, well, I might be. My doctor says I shouldn't take it if I am, but we don't know for sure just yet. So they're going to say, I'm going to choose not to get it. Well, then you can leave. Bye. You lost your job. There are so many people, by the way, who get out of deployments in the military by doing that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, I, I think I'm pregnant. Oops, what if you're, well, nobody, what, go what, home. What, what you if you're a cancer survivor? Card. What if you're a cancer survivor? The official medical policy on cancer survivors, as, as per the P- CDC, which I pulled up previously, is that you need to get clearance from your doctor specifically because they typically advise against many vaccines for cancer survivors. They say there are serious risks for those who are immunocompromised from cancer treatments. The doctor might say the risk's low enough that I think you'll be okay to do it. So you don't have the underlying condition, but you choose not to because of potential risk. Okay, you lose your job. Right. So this- this think it's all black and white. This gets into a- and by the way, those doctors, right, they're going 
to err on that on the side of that because if they know that this is the side that the insurance company's on and this is the side that the employer's on and the and that the government's on they're going to go with that because they know then well i can't be sued because i was following the guidance right so now you've got doctors and this is a huge problem in the medical community because you've got doctors that are following (sighs) guidance and percentages and statistics rather than patients understanding what's going on with that biological life form that's sitting in front of them and what their specific situation might well, be people's doctors are but it's the, it's the greater culture of celebrities pushing the stuff and the mandates but uh let's we'll, we'll move on we got uh, james barnes says it wasn't bon jovi it was def leppard with green m&ms oh there, there you, you go. go def leppard and def green m&ms you're pretty close well i don't i don't know about that all right let's see you have stocky civic i hope i'm pronouncing your name right hey tim i'm a trucker and from my experience, freight rates went way up, an increase of 40% since 2019. The reason there's a shortage of drivers is because older ones retire and starting pay in the industry struggles to compete with, with unemployment. Mm. Wow. This is them gutting the system, but letting everyone down slowly so they don't freak out when the system is gutted. Right. It's frogs in a pot, man. All right. Let's see. Kunti Dominguez says, I work for a bank. And we are now reaching out to individuals who can be evicted out as early as September 1st. And the number is very large. Love the show. Wow, man. Wow. All right. Knight says, I joined timecast.com this past week. I do not know how to join the after show on the website. I am watching with my iPhone. Do I need to be on PC? Maybe it's time. You're, Timcast. you're on time. This is like this is like when um, what's that? The Mockbusters. When uh, the Asylum puts out, like, you know, there's the Avengers, and then they'll put out a thing called Super Avengers, right? You know, and it's, like, right next. It's the, uh, you know, it's the Walmart brand, Tim Pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so on the homepage, if you're logged in, you will see the, the latest two members' podcasts. And then if you click Members Only, then you'll see a list of all of the Members Only show. You can also click the search and search for a name and find all the Members Only segments we have because I think we're like we have two with like you know Colonel uh, uh, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel Ellen West. We've got uh, a couple with a bunch of different people you know, right. that have been on the show multiple times. All right, let's see. I actually got it. I, I um I'm 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 now a member of the uh, whatever it's called, and so I've I've been using it. It's quite fun actually. Rampton says Adrian Curry is trolling the chat again. LOL. Good. We're glad. We're glad. Uh, she was a blast. We had her on the show. Everybody loves you, Adrian. Thank you for for hanging out. Turk Longwell says, Tim, you'll be doing an underground pirate internet show in 2030. You'll move around a lot, but don't worry. Patriots will be everywhere. I don't know, man. I might just be in a van down by the river by 2030. Yeah, with a ham radio. Or I will own nothing and I will be happy. You will be so happy. I will be so happy. I mean, you know, the thing is for me is... Uh, Give you a shot for that, too. I'm, I'm fairly minimalist. Like, I don't need things to be happy. I like... Uh, I like you know, chilling down by the river. Yeah, that is something ride. where, you know, I read a story recently about this family who was, you know, dad wasn't struggling with alcoholism, you know, in like their thirties, they had a couple of kids and they quit their jobs. They both had nine to fives cubicle jobs, quit that bought, bought a, a bus, renovated the entire thing from YouTube videos. Like no, neither of them had any background in like work around the house or anything like that. You watch YouTube videos, renovated the whole thing, got freelance jobs, and now they just drive around the country with their kids. And it's all about spending time together. Yeah. It's about making memories. It's about living for your family. And I just thought, man, that, that's, that's a better life. And that, by the way, you want to quote, by the way, and th- I would say this to all like the, you know, the DSA types and my Antifa friends and everything else. You want to fight the system? 
That's how you fight the system. Get some chickens. That's yeah. fighting the system. Stop that's funding Wall Street stop. and taxes and big in the in the, just, wa- in the just war. Just check out. Yeah. Literally, just check out. Dozer Man says, "I know this is off subject, subject, but here in Central Florida, we didn't have a love bug season. I saw one or two love bugs, but very strange. Don't have them all over the place. Could it be the apocalypse is happening? Maybe the cicadas ate them. Yeah, maybe the cicadas. Did they came Florida. Out. I don't know. Yeah, Brood no, X. that was like that was up here. That was yeah, I think Brood X was northern. I yeah. don't know if it was southern, but maybe maybe some people brought them down when they were fleeing the lockdowns." Yeah. LG Elucard says, Tim, if you want to understand the future that awaits America under the Democrats, watch the movie The Perfect Dictatorship. Mind will be blown. Haven't seen that. Interesting. But it's, it's not just Democrats, and people need to understand that, that there are a ton of establishment Republicans, many of them have been brought off by Wall Street, many of them have been bought off by Silicon Valley, right? They are going along to get along with all of this. You saw this in the Trump administration when there were people who said, we just need a better deal with China. We just, we, we can't not have a deal with China. We just need to find better terms and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Give them more. And then, and then Trump would say, wow, I mean, if you guys are all, you know, for this, okay, we'll, we'll go for that. But I, I wish he had just gone with his instincts on that because you heard him on the campaign trail. And they made fun of him, by the way. Right. They made fun of Trump for calling out China so much. Yep. All right. 7FD says, hey, Tim and Poso, I live cl- uh, close by La Jolla, Texas, next to the river. Our illegal admin traffics aliens into the country. A lot of us are tired and people are freaking out. If it ain't cartels, it's this mess. Crazy. Jason Green. Huge business, by the way. Cartel, the, oh, yeah. the human trafficking, huge business. Jason- and then when they get deported, you bring them back. Right. And then you got to pay again. That's right. Money, money, money. Jason Green says, please invite Kurt Schlichter on to talk about Kelly Turnbull series. Prophetic. Heard about them last week and haven't been able to put down the series. His books are starting to come true. God help us all. I'm pretty sure we've had Kurt on the show, right? We have. We'll have him back soon. Yeah, absolutely. Kurt's hilarious. Uh, My favorite thing about Kurt Schlichter is that uh, he's always on. I've never talked to him in a situation where he hasn't been on, right? Like he's, even if it's just me and him on the phone, like he's coking and joking and as just as hilarious as you'd think you would be at literally all times really now says read in greta voice how dare you <laughs> vosh 1985 says wow what sucks sheets for the win uh the only thing true about sheets is its name yeah <laughs> i was gonna say i mean look we have sheets all over the place and i ordered food from them which is a funny thing to do from a gas station and i'm not gonna do it again because its name stood true yep sheets give you the- I'm not trying to be mean you know like a lot of people like them but all right. Amanda says, Poso 2024. Oh, there you go. We'll see. We'll see. Oxwagon says, hello from South Africa. Today, while I was buying groceries, I had, to, I had to listen to the leader of our fastest growing political party at a hate rally outside, yelling about how he's going to teach white people some manners. It's like Weimar Germany. Sad. Yikes. I mean, that's that's the critical race theory in action country right there. David Burleson says, Ian is sick from sniffing all that graphene he's been hoarding. Just imagine, like, Ian, he's got, like, black graphene all over his nose, and his eyes are, like, bloodshot, and he's like, oh. Oh, so you saw him. (laughs) (laughs) He walked out of his room. It's like, oh. The experiment was a failure. (laughs) No, no. He was, like, seeing the future, man. Number 27 will be DMT times 300. All right. Green James says, do you think that state convention is a possibility? If so, would you support it? What do you think is the best course of action that everyday citizens can take to preserve the, our Bill of Rights? A state convention. I think it's possible, and I would support it. Uh, what are we, two states away from a state convention or something like that? You need 38 states, I think. I mean, or maybe here, here's the thing, though. You're, you're, you're not going to have 
a you can have your state convention, but you're not going to get any traction without a meaningful percentage of the elites on your side, right? You can have your convention and write up whatever you want, but it's not going to get any traction because you know you're you're still well. Thinking, state convention bypasses the federal government, doesn't it? It does, but keep in mind that you're still thinking you're still in the mode of thinking that like elected representatives are the ones who are making the decisions, right? They're, they're just not. So, yeah. I mean, you can, you know, this is what I say to, you know, my, my wayward libertarian friends um, that you say, oh, it's the state. It's the state. It, it is. But the state isn't just the state. Right. That's why I talk about this concept of the overstate where they're, right. you know, the, the politicians are not the ones who are necessarily making these Media, decisions. banks. Yeah. You have to put it all people together. Like all Ed the Buck. various nodes of power. At the greatest issue, right, the, that's not talked about is the fact that Ed Buck was a known secret, right? This is one of right. those open secrets in the Hollywood area About for Seth MacFarlane years though. and years, right? And nobody said anything because he made donations to all the right people. And so he was out praying, actually praying on these people who were at risk uh, for years, kills two of them. And then finally, the community has enough of a response to actually do something about Ed Buck. The real situation isn't necessarily what he did. It's the fact that people enabled him to do it. Yeah. All right. Let's see. <clears throat> Stephen Booty says, I'm a landlord in New Jersey. Got lucky this past year as my tenants didn't lose their jobs and kept paying. Can only imagine if they stopped. Yeah, I'd imagine. It wow. Would be really I mean, bad. that can't be too many people in that boat. All right. Let's see. Ian Hall says, on point of order, Samsung is made in Vietnam, not China. Thank you. There you go. Josiah Padula says, Eric hasn't put the name of the second factory on his site after saying he'd do so immediately. Not to mention the site has lots of remnant text buttons from some sort of site builder template that hasn't been removed yet. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's good criticism. I pushed him on it when he was like, I'm not going to say the name. I'm like, are you, are you kidding? Like, I guess he was saying he couldn't say the name because I, maybe he can't really pronounce the name and didn't know what it was. He should have known what it was. Otherwise, and he shouldn't have brought it up, I guess, because now people want to know what the name of the factory is. And I think it's uh, not good that uh, he did not put it on his website. He said he was going to do that. So, Eric, if you're listening, get that up on your website and let people know where your phones are being made because people don't want, you know, garbage checking their phones. Two-bit user says, Tim, remember the Deep Space Nine episode about the sanctuary, sanctuary districts in 2024 and the Bell Riots? All homeless were put in walled cities. Was that where, uh, which one was that? Did you, do you remember that one? That w they go well, back in time or something. I forget if they went back in time or they were just discussing it. But this yeah. this was a or huge Q did it. This was a huge deal though in not just Deep Space Nine lore, but sort of like the entire Star. And I'm I'm totally not a trekker, but like I I've, I've seen you know uh, various shows of it, and I know. But but I know the Bell Riots and that 2024 is a huge part of like how the new world was created in the Star Trek verse. Yeah. Yeah, there were uh, the, the cops were given drugs, you know, the SWAT cops. All right, Amazing. let's see. Mr. Obvious says, our defeats in the Olympics are a perfect example of what happens when unqualified diversity hires are chosen over merit. Maybe Simone Biles is like the best of the best. Though. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say that she's, about Simone Biles. Yeah, no. she's like legit. No, she legit is the best. But she's, she's doing tricks beyond the skill level of the gymnastics team. I think she has it? like five different. Uh, feats that are all there's like there's like the Biles on Bean, the Biles on right uh, on the mat, the Biles <laughs> two, the Biles two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think that we're we're getting to this point where people are celebrating her bowing out instead of saying we respect you and we hope you get better. 
it's a shame we didn't win. Right. It's a shame, yeah. but you know, we, we wish you the best. We pray for you as a human being, but you know, like uh, again, you like you're, you're just in a different category now. Yeah. Jack Daw says, I'm a truck driver. If these local businesses reach $30 an hour or more, I'm done driving. One less truck delivering. Could you imagine? We, we had uh, uh, John uh, uh, Schneider on the show, Papa John. Yeah. In the member segment, he mentioned that there's a pizza, pizzeria he knows where they're paying $35 an hour to, to, the, to the cooks to make the pizzas. $35 an hour to make pizzas. Where's that? I think he's in New York. Let's sign up. Because if he doesn't, that's what he had to pay. That was the market rate because people are getting free money. Wow. What, what people don't understand is that Time is money, right? Is he still on a couple stores himself? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think I, – I, I joked about him opening his own franchise, and he was like, well, you know. But uh, – uh, He should. He totally should. Time is money, right? No, he it, should do, by the way – do you remember a couple times ago when I was on, we were talking about those Pizza Huts, like the original, like, nostalgia restaurants? Oh, the buildings that are abandoned? Yeah, he should do oh, – like, oh. he should open, like, a nostalgia pizzeria where – don't call it Pizza Hut or whatever, but you can have, like – it's, you walk in and it's the 90s. I'm gonna, There's like I'm gonna, 90s you know TV, you know what I mean? I'm going to start my own pizza place called Papa Tim's. Papa Tim's. And we're going to have garlic sauce and pepperoncinis and, yeah. But the point is you, when you walk in, it's like, there's like a 90s TV playing, and you can change the channels, yeah. but it's all like preloaded. Ni- yeah, it's all UHF, <laughs> and maybe a remote, Oh yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, 90s, yeah. and there's help. 90s music, and there's like an old school jukebox. That's a good idea. I'm telling you. So, so the idea – so I, I, I saw the story about Blockbuster where they created a, a section of the store. There will be was, a movie rental area, a section. No, no, the, the section of the store that was a 90s living room. And they had like a pizza box and like a soda and chips and it was all the old style graphics of Pepsi. Nintendo sixty four. There was a TV. No, I think it was like I don't think they had sixty four, but a- it was like SNES. A, yeah, yeah. And so you could come in and they Ubered out it for like they, they Ubered it out for like three nights, so you could have a nostalgic nineties. And I was like, what? What if you created uh, a like? Uh, no, do that, but a chain. Right, right, right. right so my, my, my idea was to do five rooms: a sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. Okay, so in each room is a different era, and the TVs are preloaded with. I mean, this is know, what every fifties diner is, right? So you just do that, but with different decades. But it would be cool to, yeah, right. So here's the, here's your eighties, here's your seventies, your sixties, and then you can rent. You'd whichever have to one stock up on like nineties Mountain Dew and Pepsi or whatever. You would, yeah, yeah, all the crazy and people go in there, and the right. TVs are UHF with the antennas, and then you'd have like one of the guys walk out and move the antenna. Like and then the TV is like you know so static. you know, so you know the Smashing Pumpkins song 1979 yeah so I think uh, somebody tweeted recently that that came out in 1995 right so the sixteen equi- years so the equivalent today would be what would be to a song called 2005 <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude yeah I'm gonna I, sh- I should do a I'll do a cover of 1979 1979 called 2005. And I'll sing about it was like what it was like in 2005. Exactly. And then uh, yeah, we'll just do it. We'll do it. My buddy and I, um, who who does some writing on the side with me, we were talking about doing like, I don't know, graphic novel or movie script, but call it like the summer of '99. (laughs) Yeah. Danny says, Tim, not sure, not sure if you saw what happened to Crowder, but the straight up death wishings he's gotten has blown my mind. Never knew the hatred people have in their hearts all because of someone who doesn't agree with the establishment. Yes, I did see what what happened with Crowder. I wish him a uh, speedy recovery and the Prayers best. up for Crowder. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and these 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 tweets, man, just these people are sick. Just understand, sick no, un- understand, understand. Like this pathology, right? They would put you all in gulags. Yes, if they could. Right? You just give them the word, and they will listen, when, when listen they, to the J six hearings. Listen to the things they're saying. We'll, listen to the comments. This isn't a right. Trump is gone. So now, who's the target? 
we'll, you we'll, are the target. We'll talk about this for the bonus. Segment, you are the target. Right. We'll get into that. Yeah, but uh, that because the insurrection from the left. It, the what, the what, response to Crowder is just a, a another example that if you I, I say this in Twitter, are you paying attention yet? Are you paying attention yet? Jeffrey, Look what they said to Rush Limbaugh when he died. Oh, Look at right, what they said about yeah, yeah. him. Jeffrey Paff, uh, Faff says, Peter Thiel is funding and working with Rumbled him. Yes, that is true. That's Absolutely. true. That is true. Right on. I think uh, and, uh, J.D. Vance put some money in that as well. We, we upload to Rumble and use their infrastructure as well. And uh, good for Peter Thiel. I wasn't trying to drag him saying he wasn't doing anything. I'm just saying journalism is different from just Rumble. So it's good that he's, he's, he is funding stuff. My respect. but And my respect for everything he went through with Gawker. I mean, you put out... The, 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 the things Gawker did, man. I, if, if Gawker existed today in its, in, in, in its previous state. Yeah, I hope people don't think that we were like, it was, it would be far you know, right. getting on yeah, you no, know, no, no. Teal for or Gaw- any of that. Gawker would be called far right if it published the things it published back then. Oh, yeah. They were outing gay men. And, 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 some, and, and black, and, and it's just, it's gross stuff. I mean, and do- stuff. like doxing for just the thrill of doxing. Right. I mean, it was ridiculous. People have this, there's like this, they're trying to nostalgize it, right? And the new version is supposed to be like, we're the best, we're the better parts of Gawker. No, you're trash. You've always been trash. You belong on the ash heap of history, along with communism and all the ugly communists. All right. Rhythmic Riot says, people who keep mentioning Yuri Bezmenov need to know warnings about communism go back much further. Watch the 1958 speech from Robert Welch, who lays out the steps on how to destroy the free world. All communism... Is supported by ugly people because communism is based in envy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, there's a prominent YouTuber I was hanging out with years and years ago, and one of the things I had mentioned was that when you go, they'll to never the, admit it. By the way, when, when you go to the DNC, you notice that most of the people there are like frumpy, short, squeaky voices. And you go to the RNC, and you'll see a lot of taller, chiseled guys and busty women. And it actually is true. Multiple studies have found that conservative, uh, attractive people tend to be more conservative. And it makes perfect sense if you agree with leftist ideology, the idea of privilege, that people who are attractive have it easier in life. They have privileges. So thus, they think they don't need collective support. I mean, beauty privilege is a thing. No, but but here's at, the the fu- same, here's, at the same time, looks maxing is also the, a thing. The, the funny thing is we pointed that out on this show right? and even cited, I think, three different studies. Yeah. And the Young Turks made fun of my appearance for it, which was the weirdest thing ever. And kind of a self-owned because they don't realize that I'm not a conservative. And so they're like, he's so dumb. And like, look how ugly he is. I'm like, I know, but I'm kind of a liberal. So well, like. it wouldn't surprise me that Cenk <laughs> is a communist. I mean, I think Cenk is just a corporatist. You know? At this point, yeah. Yeah. Total total corporatist. Uh, that's, that's his MO. And that's why he finds himself in this really weird position where he has so many former employees who are speaking truth to power. And he's not. And I think he's, he's jealous about it, to be honest. All right. Let's see. Because right, remember, the actual people leading the movement, so people, when I said that on Twitter the other day, but they were like, what about young Stalin? Young Stalin was pretty good looking, man. And I said, well, look what communism did to him, number one. <laughs> but number two, it's, it, the actual leaders don't actually believe in any of, of this course. stuff. Right? Of course, right? stole power. Right? They just want to be in power, right? It's all, it, we're talking about the rubes. We're talking about all of you that are following he tricks them. The, he, he tricked the ugly people. Who do you think went into the gulags first? Oh, yeah, right? all, the models, all the male models. Right. All right. Yokosoma says, my org created a new email distri- distribution list that seems to include all 500 employees except me. Third time I recently complained about their critical indoc- uh, CRT indoctrination. I said I'd be looking for an attorney if they continue. Ooh, interesting. All right, let's see. Well, here, here's, we'll do one more. Samuel J. Weber says, name it Papa Pools. So the nickname is Pee-Pee's. All right, <laughs> Pee-Pee's Pizza. Papa Pool's Pizza, PPP, three P's. There you go, PPP. Three, three P. My friends, if you haven't already, give that like button a little <laughs> tap. 
Subscribe to this channel and become a member at TimCast.com. We're going to have a bonus segment coming up. Should be up around 11 or so p.m. That's usually when it goes up. And uh, we're going to talk about what's going on with this capital stuff, the insurrection, the hypocrisy from the left. So uh, definitely go and check out TimCast.com. You can follow the show at TimCast.IRL. You can follow me at TimCast. And uh, Jack, you want to shout out anything? Yeah, uh, follow Human Events, humanevents.com. We're actually going to be putting out a new investigative piece on everyone's favorite, The Lincoln Project. Uh, they've made some new hires, getting some new funding. We are on top of all of it. So can't break any of that tonight because it's not quite ready yet. But go to humanevents.com. You're going to see that very soon here. As always, go to mypillow.com. Use promo code POSO. Get all of the best. And seriously, you can actually get stuff for a lot better price. The products are amazing. Put your pillow in the dryer, folks. Oh, good advice, that. yeah. And you guys are more than welcome to follow me on Twitter at Sour Patch Kids as I continue my quest to have more followers than Sour Patch Kids. Go to TimCast.com for the members-only podcast, and we will see you all there. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.